Recorded live. Anyone there yet?
Hey, is Mike there? Mike, are you on the call? Hey. Hey, Mike. This is Aaron. I uh, I wanted to directly apologize to you about uh, the happenings in your room, and it's uh, 100% disrespectful to you personally. So I am sorry about that, uh, definitely, and it won't happen again. That's all right. Thanks, though. You bet. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's uh, like me personally, I don't really care. I think uh, stupid stuff is funny. But a lot of other people take offense to stuff like that. It's just not really the uh, appropriate place. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Smaller rooms with just, like, a few guys in it or something, no big deal. But when there's, like, 90 people and, and 30 of them are women, then people tend to get a little offended. The, uh, yeah, the funniness of it gets lost pretty quick. So. Yeah. Right on. Okay, I'm going to mute out and uh, wait for a while and see what's happening here. All right, cool.
I guess I do have a question if there's nobody talking on a specific topic tonight. Uh, is anybody here? Yeah, go ahead. Um, Mike, did you see that story I told you about my uh, my person's driver's license? Did you see that, or should I preface you? Yeah, I'm not sure what you're talking about. It doesn't sound familiar yet. Okay, uh, 2006, I got pulled over, no insurance, no uh, seatbelt. Um, I remember it quite clearly because I... I think they pulled over too much, but anyway, the cop came back, gave me the ticket, and said, uh, you know, make sure you wear your seatbelt, make sure you get insurance, and I left, and I thought that, at the time, actually, I didn't know anything about law or legal or anything, uh, so I didn't even think about it, but uh, I didn't sign the ticket, so anyway, um, in 2010, my li that, that license uh, expired and there was a suspension put on it for a judgment on that ticket and so I didn't know that until uh, about six months ago anyway so I'm, I actually want a license for my person because I drive a uh, commercial truck and stuff like that so my my question is I guess oh, how how can I how can I, who do I contact to clear that suspension without paying the debt on it because I believe I wasn't served properly? I, w I wasn't served with any court date or anything. I, I wasn't served with any complaint. Um, what, what, is, is, that, is that making any sense to you? Yeah. Um... I'm not sure if it's the same everywhere, but I think what usually happens is um, when you get the ticket, if you read the back of the ticket, obviously it's all legalese, but it gives you like usually I think three options. One of them is to just pay the ticket. One of them is to uh, dispute the ticket. And I think another one is to have a meeting with the prosecutor. Okay, uh, I I did I did go online this week and I paid fifty cents a page or whatever for that exact case file from that ticket from that judgment, and the only thing in that case file is a photocopy of the ticket, no complaint or any you know no legally stuff, and on the ticket front and back, uh, where my or where the defendant's signature should go, it's it's the officer's handwriting clearly, and it says issued. And on the back, or on the front or back, there are no uh, no instructions for how to handle the ticket at all, which I thought was weird. Well, one idea, this just popped into my head. I haven't thought about it yet, really, but uh, I'm wondering if you could just say, I don't recall getting any ticket. I think maybe there's been a mistake and get them to provide evidence, which they probably won't really have. Like, how are they going to get you? You didn't even sign the paper, so how do they know it was you? Great idea. I, I know that the uh, the ticket is stamped with the, with the file date and where it was filed, so 
do I know the courthouse where it was filed? And do I write a letter to the, because I don't know who the judge was or anybody. Do I just write a letter to the clerk of that court or the building manager or the the head chief judge or something? What would you suggest there of who to write to? My guess would be something minor like this and old. I think I would just write to the clerk and uh, say to her, you just, you just became aware of uh, <clears throat> kind of taking a suspension and you don't know anything about it. You don't recall you lend your car out to the neighbor, the brother, the guy across. Ooh, good idea. You have no idea who would have been driving that car, and you got a copy of the ticket. There's no signature on the ticket, and say you believe it was issued in error, uh, maybe wrong party or something. Say I don't know, maybe maybe one of my idiot friends got pulled over and said they were me. That, that, um, that, yeah, the, the only that's a good idea. Real quick, the only thing is the officer did write down my license or the license information on the ticket, but. I could still say I don't recall getting that ticket, right? Did Did you say you didn't have a license on you, or you did? I, I did. I, I did present a license to to the officer. I did have a license at that time. Hmm. And uh, because, um, like, if if I were to get pulled over, and I didn't have my driver's license on me, I. I could just tell the cop my name. Like he, he doesn't even need my name, really. He, uh, like the the cop could just look at the license plate, read it in, find out who it's registered to, and if and if your buddy was just playing games, he could just say, "Oh yeah, that's me. It's my car." Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> they they all that information's on the computer. Like it's kind of it's kind of ridiculous when they say. Oh, failure to uh, for failure to provide a driver's license. I'm giving you a ticket because they know exactly who you are, or they at least know exactly who owns the car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they, well, that's the confession part, right? They, they want you to confess to their presumption because in the computer they know what's going on and they just want you to admit it. So. Yeah. Okay, yeah. uh, when I write to a court clerk, uh, that was kind of my question today in the chat board was, do I, me, do I write as a, do I go full man on the court clerk or do I write as the person? What, what kind of vibe do I send there to, to get a response? You know, I don't want to go to just out of whack and then they don't, you know, they don't want to respond or. You could maybe say something like, it appears a ticket has been issued in my name. Mm. That way, you're not actually you're not flat out saying it's you. Yeah, because, perfect. Because if, uh, if something appears to be something, it's really it's not. It just looks like it is. Yeah, that's so you excellent. It appears to be issued in my name. And let them do the talking after that, basically. Yeah, and um, another thing is, some people are right hell-bent on I am and this, I am and that, I am and everything. But sometimes I just write a normal letter. It's not statutory. It's not common law. It's just greetings, Bob. Thank you for your letter. I don't understand what you wish that I do. So I'm not saying I'm a man. I'm not saying I'm a person. I'm not really saying anything. I'm just being casual. Yeah, exactly. 
So just kind of, I find a lot of this stuff, it's a matter of they put two hoops in front of you. You just find a way to squeeze between them or walk around them. You don't, you don't have to actually, you don't have to say I'm common law. I'm statutory. You don't have to say I'm a man. I'm a legal person. Just like, I don't like, like a judge. I don't call him judge. I don't call him your honor. I don't call him Bob. I don't call him anything. I just talk to him. Yeah. Cause, Cause I don't, I don't have to say, well, your honor, um, blah, blah, blah. I can just say blah, blah, blah to him. Just like normal. Just speak. Yeah. Just speak what you want to speak without the addressing part, like your honor or, or Bob, the man, something, you know, you don't have to do that. Yeah. Like not every letter has to start out with, I believe you're the man who sometimes acts as blah, blah, blah. Like my letters, the greetings, Bob, thank you for your letter. What do you wish that I do? Yeah. It's, it's that easy. Like, I don't know why everybody always has to throw all this other stuff in there. It's, if I was writing to a man acting as judge, then things might be a little bit different. But yeah, it, it doesn't always have to be this or that. It could just be just freely speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if I can't find the court clerk's name, uh, can I just ad- address the letter to the the court clerk? And like you said, just be casual and so that they're willing to read it and actually. Uh, you know, possibly respond or possibly fix the, the the issue that I'm presenting in the letter? I would really, really try and find a name. Um, uh, I'm just trying to think if I would go to the courthouse and just talk to her. Um, Real quick, that's another issue. That, that, that court is in Washington State. And I'm in Texas, so it's going to be a definitely by mail thing. If I was there, I'd, def, I'd be more than happy to walk in and find, you know, get some names and find out what's happening. But I'm pretty far away. Um, you could try going on the website, but I really doubt there's going to be a clerk's name. There might be a head clerk's name. If you can find the head clerk's name, you could write to them. Okay. Uh, I did go on the website, and they have a bunch of the judges and magistrates listed in their names, and, you know, they're, they're pretty open about that. <clears throat> so I'll search for the at least the head clerk or any court clerk position. Yeah, uh, if, you can find, if you could find the clerk, I would start with her, I think. Um, something like this, I, I definitely wouldn't go straight for the judge. Okay. Uh, another thought is you could... I would get into a big serious conversation, but you could phone and just ask some kind of not really important question and just casually, oh, who am I speaking to? And get a name that way. Yeah, that's a good idea. But I wouldn't get into any deep conversation because if she starts saying all kinds of crazy stuff to you, it's not going to be on paper and... uh, I think it'd just be better if you if you keep it really light, just get a name. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll run through those ideas. I'll start there, and uh, you know, and I'll I'll see what happens. So, uh, one one more thing in the letter, should I address what I think is the problem? Like you you said that I should um, maybe say uh, it's come to my attention there was a, a ticket and 
should I address what I think happened? Like, I believe I wasn't, uh, I think I might be getting, going too far. Just keep it simple, right? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get in, especially the first letter. I wouldn't get in, into anything like that. I would just uh, play dumb. I have no idea what happened. I don't recall this ticket. Now my license is suspended and everything. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's been a mistake. Okay. Kind of just yep. play dumb. Like, I, I just don't know what's going on. Don't start speculating. Don't start making stuff up or whatever. Just play it by ear, see what she says, and... Okay. Yeah, because, um, see, that's the trick they do to us. They make some kind of crazy statement, and then we start opening our big mouth and saying all kinds of stuff and hang ourselves. Yeah. So I, I would leave all the presuming up to them. I would, uh, I wouldn't, I, I don't know if I would tell her what I expect her to do. I think I would just uh, kind of see what they want to say. Okay. Yeah, that that's great advice. I uh, it's totally different from what I already started doing, so I'm happy I uh, got your advice there. And I'll change gears and um, see what happens. So I appreciate it, Mike. Yeah, no problem. Okay. Okay. Good luck. Thanks.
Anybody else there?
It's pretty quiet. Maybe I should think about starting my call at 9 o'clock. There will only be a half hour of silence. Hello, Mike. Can you hear me? It's Sonia calling. Hello. 
Hello. Hmm. Okay. Can't hear you at all, Mike. Can't hear anyone. Can anyone hear me, Sonia? Hey, I can hear. Is that you, Sonia? Yeah, it is, Mike. Hi. You can hear. Hey, yeah, uh, I apologize for uh, the way I acted on your uh, hey. call on. It's okay. I got your love letter. Thank you. <laughs> it's okay, Mike. Um, anyway, no, I'm glad you can hear me. Um, seems like Janine's having trouble getting in, but maybe maybe things will work out here shortly. I had a little issue, Mike. I was wondering whether you could help me with or not. Um, seems nobody else is on right at the moment. Can everybody else hear us, I wonder? I think so. I think everybody's just being quiet. Yeah. Can everybody else hear the call? Uh, Kira, uh, Janine, can you hear us? Boy, everybody really is quiet. They're not. Oh, okay. Akira's saying yes, she can hear us. Oh, that's super. I have a little issue. I, as uh, a few friends know, I went to a family reunion uh, to Oshawa, on Oshawa, and uh, um, I have a little issue that I'd like to ask if anybody has any suggestions or ideas about my niece. Uh, my niece has four children. And uh, she was living with a young man, you know, nice couple, great four kids, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, they separated for a while. And um, she uh, she got this little, uh, oh, that's good face one. Face one can hear us, so we're good. Anyway, my, my niece, um, they separated for a little while. And she got a little, uh, you know, apartment in some complex, you know, um, Anyway, and she's decided that she wants to get back together uh, with her hubby. And uh, but anyway, she she locked herself into a lease, and and the lease um, is not up until March. Now she's she's willing to leave them last month's rent. Uh, she wants to get out of the lease, so I'm going to try to help her somehow. You know, I thought maybe uh, maybe we could write a letter to the you know, the supervisor, whoever, we don't even know who to write a letter to. But, um, you know, we were trying to figure out how she could get out of this contract where she doesn't have to be responsible until March. I suggested to her that maybe if she could find someone that may want to take over the lease. That I think they, yeah, I think they call that subletting. Yeah. Um, the first thing I'm thinking as she... Like, does she know there's going to be a problem? Well, she presumes, yes. She'll presume that she'd probably have to pay till March. Well, see, I I think there's a very good chance that she could just go to the landlord or superintendent or whoever and say, uh, things changed in my life. I want out of the lease early. Is that going to be a problem? 
and you never know. The superintendent might say, "Oh, no problem. We got a waiting list. People are dying to get in." Oh yeah, yeah. So it might not be any problem at all. Mm-hmm. So maybe she could just uh, write a, write a small letter saying that she feels that she cannot afford to keep the lease up. Uh, that's what I was thinking, Mike. Or what do you think? Um, what kind of letter, I wonder, could she send them saying that I would like to cancel the contract? Um, she said she was even willing to allow them to, you know, keep the, the last month's rent in, to stay in honor, you know, with them, maybe? Um, something. Yeah, they might like that because they'll get her money and then they'll get first and last from whoever is moving in. Is it, um, is it like apartments or townhouse or something? Something like townhouses, yeah, in the in the uh-huh. city, you know, they're all stuck together. Because I I don't know I don't know what it's like where you are. Oh, where is she? She's in Oshawa. In Oshawa, yeah, they're all these. It's like a little complex where all these little apartments are all stuck together. I don't know what you call that complex. Um, yeah, when I apartments stuck together in a. Like when I walk around here, a lot of times I'll see on in front of buildings on the front lawn. It'll say waiting list, apply within, or yeah. sometimes it'll say vacancy or whatever. But if it says waiting list, I'm sure they'll have no problem. Um, if they know they're going to get her last month's rent and they're going to get first and last from somebody else, they probably would not mind that. Hmm. Um, like she, I don't know if it needs to be a letter or not. It probably would be a good idea just in case, but she could maybe uh, just go up and say, hey, I uh, I found, I don't know, I found love and I'm going to elope and I uh, found a new place and I can't afford to. And I wondered how I go about getting out of the lease. That's an idea too, just asking how do I get out of the lease? Yeah, okay. and they, yeah, they might have something that they usually do. Um, like if the conversation, like if it's a flat out no right away, mm-hmm. then I, then I would, uh, just go home and write a letter, um, something like, uh, during our conversation yesterday, you stated blah, 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 and then just whatever, go, go from there and get them to say flat out no on the paper or, um, yeah, I don't. I don't know if it's going to be a real big problem. I guess it kind of depends. I don't really know Oshawa at all, so I don't know what rents like. Like, if it was in Halliburton, they would probably say no problem, right? Yeah, because places are very difficult to get in. There is always a you know a waiting list. People are moving up here, and but uh, yeah, no, that that's an idea. Like, I would imagine things are you know places are getting difficult to get for people that don't have a lot of money, you know, and single moms, you know, that's even more difficult. So, you know, and there's a lot of single moms or single parents, not just moms. Yeah, so mm-hmm. well, that's a good idea, Mike. Thank you very much. How do I get out of the lease? Simply just come right out and ask them. To, yeah. Because there, there must be some some sort of provision. Um, because, you know, like I was saying to her, you know, if if she had to write a letter, maybe you know something also that we do, not, you know, I do not want to become in debt to you. So I would, 
you know, prefer to, you know, make some sort of arrangement to, you know, uh, change this lease or cancel this lease so that I do not become in debt and and I will uh, offer you, you know, my last month's rent to stay in honor with you. Maybe something to that effect. Yeah, I don't I don't think I would offer to just lose last month's rent right away. I would kind of just ask, how do I get out of the lease? And they might say, oh, well, there's a penalty. Or they might say, well, actually, somebody wants to move in in two months. Can you wait two months? Or it's kind of hard to say. It could go any any, pos- any number of possibilities of ways. Yeah, depending on their rules and regulations, eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a great idea, Mike. That's a great way to start. How do I get out of the lease? Just simply come right out and ask them. Just a simple, yeah. simple question. Maybe she can. She seems to know the woman that she needs to talk to. So she knows the woman. So um, I guess maybe a phone call wouldn't hurt to start. And like you say, uh, you know, if it becomes writing letters afterward, then okay, that's probably the best way to start. She's young and she doesn't mind talking on the phone and it's something for me to work on. You know, it's just a, a little tiny issue and, you know, it's a way of starting to learn how to write letters. And it just all depends on the circumstances, eh? So. Yeah, she, um, if, she's, if she's phoning first, she might want to record the call and if she's going to go and knock on the door and talk to her, she might want to... Uh, Bring a recording device just in case. You never know. Good idea. Even if it's not, even if the idea isn't to use it as evidence in court, it still might be good for uh, instead of keeping notes, right? You don't want to sit there, pull out a pen and paper, and hang on their every word, scribble it down. Looks kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But um, if you if you have the recording, you could go home, listen to it, and then you could say. During our conversation yesterday, you said, and you could get her words exactly precise. Right. Yeah. And it'll be great because um, she, because of her being my niece, and of course my family, besides my daughter, um, my family, of course they they think you're crazy until they get into a circumstance where they need your help. So this might be, <laughs> yeah, this might be a good experience teaching her. Uh, you know, some of the steps and how things work. And then, then you know, of course, your family doesn't think you're totally crazy if, if something works well. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. We'll say, yeah. Holy, holy crap, she's not off a rocker. This stuff actually <laughs> works. It was that easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, a recording device of some sort, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't go letting them know. It sounds kind no, of... No, I wouldn't. Or whatever, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't go waving it around in their face or anything. But no, yeah, I am. Um, when I carried a recorder, here's one advantage that women have, unless you men decide you're going to start wearing a brazier. But I would stick the recorder on the side of my brazier underneath my armpit, and I would have the the microphone actually in the front, taped to my chest. You know, like in my brazier in the front. So it would be right there underneath. Well, I, make, I guess men can do that too, but we have brassieres. We don't have to use duct tape. <laughs> so yeah, it, it works. It, yeah, it depends on the situation. Um, sometimes I just don't care. I uh, like I'm surprised nobody's ever said a word to me in court before. But when I go into court, I put my uh, cell phone on airplane mode so it doesn't send or receive signal. 
and it doesn't ring in the middle of court. But uh, I'll walk in with my phone on record, and I'll walk in with my MP3 player already already pressed record before I walk in. Yeah. And I put my phone and my MP3 player right on the table in front of me, and nobody's ever said a word to me. But oh. I know some, some courthouses, they'll, they'll tell you, go put your phone in your car, you can't bring it in here. But, yeah, I don't know, I... Uh, I had a conversation with a woman one time and uh, there was already a little bit of a war brewing between us. And uh, I just, I just had my phone in my hand. I was very blatant about it. It was kind of funny. I I don't know if you've heard this story before, but uh, I'm pretty clever sometimes I got to admit, but I, I went in there and uh, I had my MP3 player recording in my pocket and I had my phone in my hand and it was recording. And so this woman looks down, she sees my phone, and she goes, are you recording? And I go, oh, absolutely. I, I record everything for court. And her face just drops. She went white as a ghost. And then she's, she goes, oh, well, I don't feel comfortable with you recording. And I'm like, well, I don't know what to tell you. I'm uh, recording this for my own protection. And then she goes, well, I don't want to speak on the phone or on the recording. And so I said, oh, well, would it make you feel better if I turned it off? And she goes, absolutely. So I shut it off right in front of her. And she had no idea I had it recording in my pocket. And she just, she just talked and talked and talked. So it was pretty funny. She, uh, she saw me shut the recording off, so she thought she was safe and just started yapping. But you had, you had another unit going somehow. Yeah. Yeah, I just had my MP3 player in my pocket. I shut my phone off in front of her, so she thought... Oh, and you had your MP3 player. Okay, yeah, I don't know how to run an MP3 player, but I see what you're saying, Mike. Yeah, have one out in front of them, turn it off, and yet you've still got another one going, basically. Yeah, because they they just automatically presume, or I guess in this case, they assume that everything's fine. Good idea. Excellent idea. Yeah, it's just... um, because I don't know, it, it's just, I guess, natural. They just don't even think that there's a second one rolling somewhere. Yeah, they're uh, as naive as we are sometimes. We think everybody's honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember when I was um, hunting around trying to find help when um, the Children's Aid Society, this woman, uh, stole my 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 babies, my grand my grandbabies, and I I was studying and actually conversing with Court Watch. You ever heard of yeah. Court Watch? Yeah, I um I looked into those guys a little bit. Um, as far as I can remember, they were purely statutory, and I can't remember what it was, but there's a few things that they were saying or doing and I was like yeah I don't know about these guys mm-hmm. I well, think they got a good idea going they're they're trying to do a good thing but I just don't think they really know well they obviously don't know the difference between a man and a person and I don't know how much they know about lawful versus legal but yeah I I don't believe they they know anything either Mike from my experiences about common law but what my point was, I remember them saying, I saw somewhere, now this is years ago, I saw somewhere they said, if you see a sign in a courthouse that says you cannot 
bring in a recording device, they should send it to us um, because it is lawful, legal, whatever, to have a recording device. They said, if you see a sign in a courthouse, send it to us, and we'll do something about it. Because I know I've, um, the courthouse here in Lindsay, there's a sign right up there that says you cannot have a recording device in a courthouse. And yet, you know, uh, apparently, and I had some, uh, we talked about this years ago, I had some some law, some sort of law, I don't know, of course, where it is right now, somewhere lost in my computer, that, that it is uh, legal and lawful to, to record in courts and... Um, but but they'll stick signs up trying to make us believe that that it's not. But it's it, it's totally it is legal lawful to the best of my understanding anyway. I think they have those signs in probably every courthouse. But um, I I have the right to record any conversation that I am in, and if I'm in a public place. Who can tell the public they can't record in a public place? Just like sometimes you'll hear cops say, oh, you can't record me, that's illegal. They just don't want to be on the record. But I think it's also funny that the courthouse has signs that say you're not allowed to record, except they're recording. I think the problem is is they don't want their transcripts to not match your recording. Yeah. Because they uh, they have a habit of uh, doctoring the transcript. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's the same with uh, telephone conversations. I if if I phone you, I can record all I want. It's my conversation, and I'm part of it. You can record, and nobody has to tell anybody that that they're recording. But if if I'm talking to you on the phone and there's a third party eavesdropping, it's it's illegal for them to record. I would I would imagine it's lawful for them to record. I don't really know, but it's it's illegal for a third party to record if their voice is not on the recording. Well, you know, Mike, that that makes sense to me. You know why? What, the first thing that pops into my mind. Uh, most of my friends know that uh, I study the Bible, and you know, you know what it makes me think of when, when uh, in the Bible it says that if you are interfering with someone else's business, that's like grabbing a hold of the ears of a dog. Now you know, you know what the results are. If you grab grab the ears of a dog, you can get bit, right? Yep. So the Bible tells us when you're you're interfering with someone else's business, you know that that's that's not a nice thing. You know it's like grabbing a hold of the ears of a dog. So I guess if you're eavesdropping, you know, and 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 you know, recording uh, someone else, you know, for whatever purpose, that's almost like that's almost like what's the word I'm looking for, Mike? You know, that's almost like, that's that's not not a what's, way to be. What's the what's, word I'm looking for? Sneaky and dishonorable. Yeah, dishonorable. There we go. That, yeah, so that would be so, yeah, I guess you, you would want to really, well, I don't know, with some, <laughs> with, with some of these 
you know, these men and women that are dishonest, you almost have to, uh, you know, it's almost like a protection if you, if you do it. But, yeah, if you're doing it to, to be dishonorable, yeah, that would be different. But if you're doing it basically to protect yourself, I, 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 I don't see any harm in that when you're doing it as a defense because you could be harmed by, you know, you, you, you feel a threat by someone else's, um, someone else. Like you say, the courthouses, they lie. You know, they change transcripts. So, yeah, mm-hmm. but if you're doing it to eavesdrop, you know, to um, for something dishonorable, yeah, that wouldn't be nice. No, just, sorry, just a thought that came into my mind. Go ahead, Mike. Anyway, if no. anybody else that wants, wants to talk or anything, um, you've answered my questions, Mike. Thank you very much. No problem. I that. I, I appreciate that. You, you make it very simple as usual. How do I get out of the lease? Simple. Ask a question, and and uh, if need be, uh, write a letter. Then after, we'll just take it one step at a time. So I'm going to be talking to my niece tomorrow. She's going to give me a call from Oshawan. We'll chit-chat. I told her that I'd be talking with my friends this evening, and I'll let her know tomorrow. So. Yeah, it's like it's it's not like you're doing anything sneaky or underhanded. You're not trying to you're not trying to rip anybody off. You're not being confrontational. So I couldn't really see a problem. You're just going up and uh, asking a simple question. Like if if worse comes to worse and they say, oh no, absolutely not. You're stuck here till March. Then the letter campaign starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah one step at a time, you know, but I did mention to her, um, you know, if you can find someone that wants to rent the place, you know, that that's a thought also, you know, that she could use later and say, well, I do have someone that, you know, uh, will, will take over the lease. You know, Another I idea I just thought of is um, usually when you sign a lease to get a copy of the lease, the lease should stay right in there. Right. Like it might say, uh, like, I, I'm almost 100% certain there'll be a, a clause in there that says something like early termination of lease, and it'll say either party can terminate the lease for the following reasons. It'll be something like if you grow pot and burn the place down, you're you're booted, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm guessing she gets along with the landlord and superintendent and everything. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, as if this wouldn't apply to to your her situation, but uh, if the if the landlord was breaking the law or violating their code, that would probably be a good reason. Like if um, like this actually happened to me before. But if you're in the shower and your landlord walks right into your house, starts banging on your bathroom door, or walks in the bathroom that would be a good reason to leave. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure nobody would have any problem with you breaking the lease if, if something like that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there hasn't been any problems. She just decided to get back with her sweetheart and, and to give it a try. Like I said, she's got four children, so, you know, they just had a separation. She got this place, and now they've decided to get back together, and, and she's stuck with this lease, and she's going to... So, no, there hasn't been any problems, Mike, but, yeah, no, if, if somebody, yeah, that would be breach of contract, wouldn't it, if somebody just come into your 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 private dome and, yep. 
and uh, yeah, no, there hasn't been any problems, and uh, she hasn't. She's been been good, and and her children have been good. So there's there's no breach there on either side. Yeah, I think um, I think uh, if the landlord's being a a bit of a peckerhead, I think what they call that in the statutes is uh, interference with the reasonable enjoyment of the uh, of the property. I don't know what exactly they call it, but it's something about the about the interference of the uh, reasonable enjoyment. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, like if your landlord's harassing you or some kind of stuff like that. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, uh, everything seems to be good on both sides. They seem yeah. to be, like I say, I, th- I think it's some sort of a, you know, a complex, I guess if that's what you call it. You know, there's like maybe 20, 20 little apartments all, you know, kind of zigzag like a little maze. You call that a complex? Is that what that's called? Yeah, townhouse complex or something, yeah. Townhouses, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what it is. They're all stuck together side by side. You can breathe on each other pretty much. You can breathe on your neighbor. Yeah, complex. Okay, Mike, thank you very much. Um, I can't think of anything else right now, just one step at a time, but but I'm really thrilled that, uh, because, of course, my my kids, I call my my kitties, my kitties, it was so nice to be able to visit with them this weekend. And of course, they they think I'm off the wall because uh, they just do. When you get into Kamala or you get into natural cures, you know, natural cures and stuff like that, or you believe in the Bible, then they really think you're off the wall. <laughs> so yes, it's, I think it's uh, funny that everybody thinks you're nuts until they run into a problem and they <laughs> run for help. Yeah, yeah. So this this will be fun. Thanks, Mike. No problem. I can't, I can't think of anything anything else right at this time, but uh, I'll get back to you and, and our friends here and let you know how things work out for sure. You know, because it will be nice to know these little things and be able to, you know, put these things up as, okay, this is success and this, this is how we did it. You know, um, yeah, so the more successes we can get, then, you know, the happier we will be as common men and women. Yep. Thanks, Mike. No problem. Okay. I'll I'll leave the space for anyone else unless I can think of something. Yeah, if you think of something else, jump back on. Thank you. Have a great night. We'll, we'll do. So how do I mute again? Star six, is it? Yes. Okay. Thanks, Mike. No problem. Hey, Mike, you there? Oops, I was muted. Yeah, I'm here. How's it going? <laughs> uh, not bad. I got another uh, little question if no one else has anything important. Um, I heard a couple shows back of yours, and uh, maybe I've heard you mention it before, about a situation where you had the idea to say, uh, what is the nature of the party that you seek? Yes. You know? Um now, I'm not sure of the exact situation. I was just thinking about that, 
And is there a situation where you could ask a similar question to the judge to contrast the difference between a man and a fiction where you say, uh, Judge, I'd, I'd like to know what is the nature of the plaintiff, if the plaintiff was like the state or something? And yeah. would, he, would he tell you? <laughs> like, Well, yeah, there's... Well, the, that question, what is the nature of the party this this court seeks, or what is the nature of the person this court seeks, you could also ask, like, if if if, there, if you're talking about yourself, or if you're trying to find out who this defendant is, um, you could just simply ask them, are you looking for a man, or are you looking for a person? Because yeah. they'll, say, they'll say, oh, are you or are you not Michael Miller? Then you say, are you looking for a man or are you looking for a legal person? Say, what is this Mike Miller you're looking for? Is it a who or a what? Mm-hmm. Um, but they, in in your experience or in, in your thinking, would they ever answer you? Well, mm-hmm. if, they, if they don't answer you, um, just hold them to it. Just keep going after it. Yeah, just to say, uh, are you looking for a man or a legal person? If they try and sidestep it, go, well, I still didn't get an answer to my question. And then if they try and sidestep it again, just say, well, how do you expect to move forward without clarifying this important point? Without the party there, yeah, the correct party. I'm trying to give you, yeah, 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 I get it. Interesting. But it's, 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 like you could even say, how can I answer a question if I'm not clear on what you're asking me? Mm-hmm. Like you have to you have to clarify the question. I don't know how to answer. You gotta you gotta explain it to me. Mm-hmm. Because they can't force you to answer something. You you have no idea what they're asking. Like if they ask you a question in Chinese and you don't know Chinese, like how are you gonna answer that? Yeah, exactly. Especially when they're t- they're expecting you to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help you God, and you don't even understand what they're asking. How you is under penalty of perjury. I'm going to give a, a a ridiculous answer. Exactly. So I, in a case like that, I would just uh, just stick like glue to that one point. Lock on like a pit bull. Don't let go. Uh, what what do you think, uh, for you, I think, of course, you could handle yourself well and others, but for someone who tries that, and and rightfully so, because it's a perfectly good, honorable question, but what they would try probably contempt, not, you know, assuming, presuming, assuming that you're like the defendant and causing trouble in their court, like where where do you think they would go with that? on the pressure tactic to get, let's say, me to cave or something? Well, I would say something like, I apologize if I've offended the court. That was not my intent. Please forgive me. Um, but I don't understand how to answer the question. You're going to have to make the question clear before I can answer it. I can't give you a proper answer unless I know what you're asking. So you're, you're apolo- once you apologize... They're pretty much screwed. The contempt goes away, and yeah. and and another impo- important point is, hopefully, you've already got a notice of idiot filed. You've let them know you're a man before court. You let them know that you're only there to answer a verifiable claim properly filed before the court. 
mm-hmm. you're you're there to compensate any man that you may have done wrong. Um, it depends on how much time you've had and what letters and notices have gone back and forth or whatever. But you may have already asked uh, for the name and address of the plaintiff so you can settle in private. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's very important to get all your paperwork in before court. A lot of people make that mistake. They walk into court, they hand a notice to the judge or the prosecutor. They're like, nope, we're not taking it. Yeah. And you're kind of screwed there. Now you got nothing on paper. You're relying on your big mouth or you're, or you're staying silent. Yeah. And both, so, oh, go ahead. You, you can't, you can't stay silent if you're, if you don't have any paper to stand on because then you're what they call acquiescing. You're, you're by your silence, you're agreeing to all of it. Yeah, yeah. And then when you open your mouth, you're confessing to everything they say. Pretty yeah, much. Well, yeah, you can. I really, really don't recommend it, not even for myself. Maybe Carl could do it, but you can go in there and you can challenge their jurisdiction just with your voice and pretty much stop them. But they're pretty clever. They do this all day, every day. It's what yeah. they do. They're buddies. They, they just think if you're on the football team, you got a playbook, right? Or like a, a pitcher and a catcher. Like you always see the catcher doing his little hand signals or whatever behind the batter's back. So you never know. Like they might have little signals like, if the prosecutor is in trouble, he'll close his briefcase and open it again. The judge will know, oh, this guy's stumped. I got to bail him out. Yeah. So they, yeah. So they got little, little catchphrases, keywords, like a secret code word. You hear, you hear somebody say that word, you know, the play. Mm-hmm. So they're buddies. They do this all day, every day. If you file a bunch of IMN notices and you, you file them very, like you write them properly and you properly file them and they're going to have a hard time getting around it, they're probably going to have a little meeting before court. Yeah. They're going to say, how are we going to handle this guy? This guy's trouble. Yeah, so, they have to pull out the special playbook. Yeah, so you don't want to just go in there and start beaking off. You want to have your paperwork in there ahead of time and Make sure your paperwork's solid so you got a good foundation. You can just say, did you receive my paperwork? Did you read my paperwork? Do you understand my paperwork? You need a 15-minute recess to go read it. You need to go talk to your lawyer? Or... <laughs> because when you even uh, properly filed paperwork, uh, complete, uh, simple, short, you and you walk in there confident in exactly who you are and what you're there for, they still look at you as the defendant. This guy's got to be the defendant, and we're going to get it out of him one way or another. That, that's yeah. how they do it, right? Yeah, this guy has to be the defendant, or we're breaking the law and we're liable, and this guy's going to sue the pants off us. Right. So no matter what it takes, they have to get a confession. They have to get your consent. They have to get something out of you. Yep. And that's uh, what they do all day, every day. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just like whatever you do for a living, you do it well. And some guy's not going to walk in off the street and do your job way better than you. It's it's not going to happen. Yeah. Exactly. 
All right, good. That was clear. Yeah, that that it, my question about you know asking the judge what is the nature of the plaintiff is uh, you, you stay more on your side, stay on yeah. more on your work. And... Yeah, but another thing too is if you say, well, I don't understand who or what is the plaintiff. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if they say, or or if you say, well, who's the plaintiff? They'll say probably something like. Oh well, the prosecutor over there is representing the plaintiff. Well, who's the plaintiff? Uh, United States of America. Is he, is Mr. or Mrs. United States of America here to take the stand? <laughs> is United States of America the man or woman that I've caused harm, loss, or injury to? Mr. Miller, you watch your mouth in my courtroom. I apologize if I offended the court. That was not my intent. Please forgive me. I have no idea who is coming after me. I don't know who is moving this case. I don't know who, who initiated the action. Just trying to make I, it clear, right? Yeah, I, I, I have to know who's coming after me. I have to know who I've caused harm, loss, or injury to. There, if, if, if I don't know who's coming after me, if I don't know who I've harmed, I can't compensate them. Right, you can't. There's no settle. You can't. You can't fix the problem for them. They, they, they have a problem. You're there to fix it, but you have to know who. Yeah. You know. You have another, to know what. Another thing too, before I forget, even if you have your notices properly filed, always bring four copies to court, because even if they're filed, and they were file stamped and everything with the date on them, you could walk into court and say, did you receive my notice? What notice? I didn't see any notice. Mm-hmm. And then you go, oh, well, as luck would have it, I got copies right here, one for you, one for the court clerk, one for the prosecutor, and I got my copy right here. Now they're kind of screwed and hand them a copy. Each of, each of them get a copy, and it's already stamped and filed. Now what they're that, At that time, they, they put up the, hey, we're not doing that right now. That's not the time for this. I, I didn't get to notice, you know. Well, what what are we doing here? Do you need 15 minutes to review the notice? It's already been filed. It was filed three weeks ago. You need to, to review the case file, right? They're in the case file. Yeah. Um. Good. Good. Uh, good advice. Good point. One question before I forget: when 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 the judge is for example the uh, let's say a traffic case or something he's asking you to plead you, a plea is actually a, an answer to the to the plaintiff right not not to the judge or the court well that, yeah yeah the judge is just the referee the uh the plaintiff is your opponent so think yeah. of it as think of it as a tennis match you're on one side the prosecutor's on the other side, and the judge is the referee sitting on the net line. And you're, I, as, as far as I know, I think it depends on the court, the judge, and whatever, but really you're not supposed to be speaking to the prosecutor. You're supposed to be, I guess, speaking to the prosecutor but through the judge, mm-hmm. especially if you're a man, because I'm a man, the prosecutor's a it. So how can I, how can I talk to a rock? Yeah. So the judge, being the impartial referee, he's the translator, interpreter, whatever. Um, but the judge is not uh, 
The judge doesn't have a duty or an obligation to answer your questions regarding the case. It's the prosecutor that has to answer your questions. And there's probably a very good chance that you've sent letters in the private before court and the prosecutor is not answering your questions. So at that point, you can file a notice saying, uh, I've tried repeatedly to settle with Bob, the man acting as prosecutor, and I have not received an answer to any of my questions. And uh, see, there's another point too, is it's even in the Bible. Um, Believe it or not, the courts actually do run pretty close to the Bible. They're supposed to be following the Bible, and a lot of times they do. Mm-hmm. But the the Bible says in several places, Matthew being one of them, um, agree with thine adversary while he's in the way with you, um, lest he turn you to the officer, drag you into court, and throw you into prison till every last farthing's paid. Mm-hmm. So we, even the Bible tells you how to do it. You got a problem with your brother, you go and you talk to him and you settle in private. If he doesn't listen, then you bring a witness or two because out of the mouth of two or three, every word is established. Mm-hmm. So if you have a witness, there's no two ways about it. That's how it happens. And mm-hmm. uh, so they always, always, always have to give you a chance to settle in private. And if they don't, they're in dishonor. And that would be that would be evidenced by your paperwork that you filed in, if yeah. need be, if you need to show that. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I what I usually do is I'll send uh, like depending on the situation, but like if it's a traffic ticket or something, I'll send uh, a letter to the cop first, um, saying uh, basically something like I apologize if I offended you on whatever date uh that was not my intent please forgive me kindly send me a bill for any harm loss or injury or services you provided and i will compensate as soon as i can and then i would send them a uh the cop again i would send them another letter almost right away saying i believe this ticket was issued in error i did not operate under any license at the time or on whatever date uh simply a man going from point A to point B in my property. And then uh, at that point, in my mind, it's been settled. So my first notice to court would probably be something like, I, a man, Mike, believe this matter has been settled in private, and I would leave it at that. And I wouldn't file the notices in yet because those are in the private and it only makes sense you keep the private in the private, you keep the public in the public. Oh, yeah. 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 So if they're prob- likely going to ignore all the letters, and they probably will ignore all or most of the notices, and then um, like you're going to have time, you're going to have like an arraignment, hopefully another arraignment and another arraignment because they can't get jurisdiction. Um, and you're, you're, you're going to have a while before trial anyway, there's probably going to be a pre-trial before trial. Mm-hmm. And, um, if they've just kind of been steamrolling you or ignoring you the whole time, then at a, a certain point, you'd have to decide when's a good time. But at a certain point, you're probably going to want to attach all your private letters to your notice 
and that's where you'll be saying, I tried to settle with Bob a million times, and the guy won't even talk to me. Mm. What a dishonorable douchebag. You won't even answer my letters. I got all these important questions for him, and he won't even talk to me. Because he's supposed to be talking back and forth. You're supposed to be reaching a settlement, just like the Bible says. Mm-hmm. And, and he's not doing it. And the the time to do that, to attach the, the letters, the private letters into the public is, is when you have no other choice. Right? Like that's the last resort. Yeah, the way I look at it is, say I'm a prosecutor and I'm just as an example, Saturday morning, I'm sitting around and I grabbed the mail because I didn't have a chance Friday. So I'm sitting around on the weekend reading the mail and I get this letter. And, uh, and this letter, like I, I say, I get one letter and it says, yeah, I, uh, I'm a man, not a person. I get another letter, uh, that, um, I require the name and address of the plaintiff and all this other stuff. And, um, so all these letters I'm getting, they're piling up. So I'm sitting around one Saturday thinking, holy crap. This guy called me out. He knows the plaintiff's of fiction. He knows there's no harm, loss, or injury. He knows there's no verifiable claim. He knows there's no, no. I don't know if I said witness already, but mm. you've completely destroyed his case one letter at a time, one question at a time. So now, now, well, if I'm the prosecutor, I'm going to be sitting there thinking, holy crap, like when I go to court, and if he files all this stuff into court, I'm going to look so bad. Like I'm, I'm going to get my ass reamed if I, if I keep pulling this. So now he's, he's, he's under pressure. So he might be crossing his fingers thinking I'm going to have to dismiss this case or thinking, I really, really, really hope this guy doesn't realize that he didn't file these into the case. Mm-hmm. And, and so he's going to be sweating a little bit. And he's going to be thinking, when I go to work, I'm going to have to do something about this. Yeah, he's going to be off balance for sure. And maybe he's just going to pick the option where he crosses his fingers and, and hope that this stuff doesn't get filed. And maybe he's just going to just hold on till the bitter end. And then once he sees it... Yeah. Okay. This is Akira. Hello? I'm here. Yeah, but maybe uh, maybe he's going to ignore it right till the bitter end, and then you finally file everything into the case, all the private letters, and that right, that might be where he says, oh, crap, the game's over. This is, mm-hmm. this is it. i got to drop it now. And or, he should... Yeah, go ahead. Or, more likely, he's going to be throwing a, a a plea deal at you. Okay, well, we were going to charge you. We we originally charged you with two felonies and two misdemeanors, but how about we'll just uh, let you off with a felony and a misdemeanor if you plead guilty right now, and we'll 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 knock like half the time off the sentence we were asking for. At which point, I would probably say no dice. We do this till the bitter end. Yeah. And then a little while down the road, maybe it's going to say, okay, well, how about two felonies? 
or, or how about two misdemeanors or something? And he's going to, the deal's going to get a little better for you. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he, I don't, I don't want to disclose any of the details of this case, but one woman I was helping, it was kind of strange. Um, she, I think she had six felonies on her. And uh, she stood her, her ground. She stuck to her guns and they actually threw her in jail for contempt for a couple hours. And like a champ, everything out of her mouth was, she was just reading her notices onto the record and the judge was getting pissed. And the prosecutor kept jumping up and interrupting and they're flipping right out. But she stood her ground like hardcore. And... Uh, it was kind of funny. They ended up finding her guilty on six misdemeanors and they, she was charged with six felonies, but they mm-hmm. charged, they, they found her guilty on six misdemeanors, but it was a one year suspended sentence. So they said, well, we found you guilty on six misdemeanors. So we're going to give you a year in jail, except if you can behave for a full year, we'll get rid of this autom- like altogether. So basically, all she had to do was behave, and they dropped everything. Uh huh. So, so they kind of they couldn't just say, "Okay, you win, you got us." They yeah. they couldn't do that, so they had to pull some kind of fancy maneuver. So they basically dropped everything, but actually found her guilty on six. I don't even know. I don't even know if it's legal in their world to <laughs> just. That. Yeah, just charge somebody with six misdemeanors and then find them guilty or charge with six felonies and then find her guilty on six misdemeanors without saying a word. Like, they never changed the charges. There was no plea deal, nothing like that. But they found a way to to bow out as gracefully as possible. Like, you're charged with a hit and run, and then they change it to, well, how about we'll just give you a parking ticket? Yeah. Kind of, you know? <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Um, great, great, great information. Um, what was I thinking? I was thinking so much stuff. Well, I'll think about it for a minute and uh, maybe I'll jump back on. Uh, thanks, Mike. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, letters. Oh, go ahead. No, I, I just I was just finding out if anyone was there. How's it going? Oh, so so. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I ha- I I haven't been listening for a couple weeks, so um, yeah, I should have been steeped up in this more. And uh, yeah, it, 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 yeah, yeah. So it's going okay though. Yeah, I'm staying out of trouble you know, the traps and tricks of the operation around me. So, uh, yeah, I become aware of more and more. And, uh, yeah, uh, it looks like the tides are turning a lot of ways on this, you know, this covert harassment operation in this local area. What, you mean like things are working out a little bit in your favor or or not in your favor? Well, I just noticed subtly in the background, you know, they had cooked me in a building, put like holes all over my skin where brown skin is growing and upset my, you know, got in through my ears and upset my, some gland or whatever that for balance or the, you know, those little, but it, 
But anyway, yeah, I had called back later, and you know, I I was on the covert harassment call, and so they they monitor everything, I guess, because they plan out these operations over your phone through your next appointment or wherever you're going. If you say it on the phone, you're, you know, and it's a public place, they'll have like a, a you know, a weapon trap there, like a truck with, you know, crap on it, and, and they'll as you walk by, if you happen to walk by then you'll get burnt, you know. But So they pulled this one office apart, so I don't know if they pulled the weaponry out or what, but uh, I stupidly went there twice and because uh, I had silver underwear, this German silver underwear, I didn't get burnt that bad but uh, the first time. So I stupidly went back, you know, but my ears were popping. Like I'd go under the water in the bathtub, and, and my brain was literally farting or boiling it was popping bubbles out my eardrums from the inside out so you know i you know i proved you know so but yeah it severely hampered my hearing now i'm getting sleep you know it this is a year and a half later you know so i'm starting to get my brain starting to relax but but i am smoking so it does agitate it but yeah it's getting better but uh you know, and they hit me with a couple helicopter numbers, you know, from between bases here. But, uh, yeah, they've left off now. So. But I don't know. You know, you see them gathering, you know, that one of these firemen had one of these earthquake things or something. But it it steps up your heart rate. It heats up your teeth and your head about two two degrees, you know, in you know, a minute or so. And, you know, he was 30 feet out and went through a wood wall and about a half inch of old-time plaster, uh, you know, and I was just sleeping there with my head facing toward him. And, you know, they went up and down the neighbor's yard through, you know, into the house like in 10, 15-feet increments because I could hear him stamping on the leaves. But, you know, just like a light. Anyway, it's just a whole series of this crap, you know. But it goes to the highest level, to right up to the military with these helicopters. And, like, lay, just fraction of a second laser things that it's like a scatter gun on your, from the top. And they're accurate to, like, a quarter, you know, they were a quarter mile away the last time, about three, four months ago. And, you know, right through my eye, you know, and left a scratch on my eye for two or three months just getting over that, so. I don't know what else they got cooked up, but, you know, this has been going on, and I didn't realize it, not as much, you know, because this was a blitz on everything they had, but it had been going on for 45 years. So, you know, I would get boils and this and that every five, ten years, you know, and I, just out of the blue, you know. So, so yeah, I guess you still don't know for sure who's who's behind it all? Oh, I know who's behind By the way, it they're training on... The lab, the lab, yeah, I know it's the FBI because they go right into the, it's always the dentist. It's always a dental. It's like maybe four or five dentists, six dentists that have done it. So, yeah, you know, over never, a 45-year period. Yeah, I never like to go to the dentist anyway. They're really mind-controlled. You know, I guess they think they're heroes because they see all the movies, and especially these Indians coming out of India, they they really think, you know, that they're going doing God's work, you know, and it's weird. They're weird. But uh, you know, I've been to India. I was, 
you know, I studied Hinduism. And yeah, they some of them have really turned the page somewhere. I don't know. Uh, but you know, and from what the last hit in the dentist was Amish, this Amish guy, and then about six months, you know, I went to go into the neurologist's office, and it, uh, um, and they followed me and burnt, you know, this van followed me, and about three days later, they finally got me at the farmer's market, but it, they, it was Amish children were stocked, used with about five Amish adults, but they're skinny Amish, they're not the ones that, you know, work in the fields and stuff, I guess they're given up to the FBI in foster care, some kind of group homes. Amish raised group home, but it seems that they're part of the operations, you know, hurting people and uh, and burning them, and also directing the dentist in the uh, last Indian off, uh, dental, you know, I was just going to get a uh, root canal thing, you know, clean, re-cleaning, but uh, yeah, they just, instead they just burnt me, and I caught that one on a camera, so, you know, I ha- that's pretty much I have one other attack on camera with a, um, you know, meter and a camera, but the camera will pop if if there's a, a X-ray head around. It'll start popping like a doorbell. So I advise everybody to you know keep a, their camera in movie mode in your pocket or something where they can't see it. But it'll start popping out there doing a number on you. So, yeah, I haven't done anything. That was almost three and a half, four years ago, so I don't know. But uh, I know common law is good for, you know, ever, but, uh, and it's on. But I need that, that enhanced. You know, I only have about 15 seconds of good, clear video, and then I need uh, another 45 seconds, you know. So I've got to find a program for it. Hi, hi friend. This is Sonia. I just want to ask you a question. Um, whom is, who is this talking? The one about energy weapons? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've heard you before it's, talking. It's, if you're on the chat, it's Grieb, G-R-E. Grieb. Okay, Grieb, hi. Um, yeah, I've, like I said, this is Sonia. I've uh, heard you speak before, and um, and I've studied this a bit, too, and it's, it's really kind of spooky, scary, it's, you know, it's, it's terrible, you know, what, what what they can do to us, and there's no doubt in my mind, yeah, that this this stuff is going on, I've uh, read a lot about it, and, and uh, watched a lot of videos, and and uh, seen the torture that, you know, they can put you through, and, and there's no no surprise in my mind, like, if you, all you got to do is take a little laser beam, and laid into somebody's face or ear or something like that and you can do some serious damage so it's there's no doubt in my mind you know what what would the the harm that they can do to a man or woman you know with the technology that's out there and they yeah you know i'm I'm just blown away i'm just blown away by your story grief but you my my question was you're you're, you're talking about this camera or something or a phone that you can carry and if it starts popping you know that you're being affected by some sort of radiation is that ionizing it? only I think uh, the 
it would only work with ionizing, I believe, like the X-ray head. That's what they're using in the dental because it, you know, they have a license to use X-rays. So, but they put it underneath the feet, and I believe they put it underneath the seat, and so they're trying to cripple, you know, the people. Oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I'm not not surprised. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it works. Now, they have an ion bed. It's supposedly not x-ray, but it cooks the body just, you know, like a microwave oven. But yeah. It's called a, a brewer's table. And they, that's a fake exam table trick, you know, where you sit on the exam table and they leave an opening with padding on and they burn whatever part they want, usually up the spine, to give you uh, MS. And I, I don't know if the ion is on the feet part of it or not, but because uh, I've been hitting the feet so many times, different weaponry. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. They just, just... But they, yeah, they moved into the neighborhood, too, and, you know... Yeah, yeah like I said, I've, I've, I've watched a bit about this, you know, the torture that men and women go through you know, and all you have to do is basically be labeled. You know, they just label you, you know, oh, this this one's in the Kamala or that one. You know, they presume that, uh, you know, we're terrorists or whatever. And they, they just, yeah, oh, it's... Yeah, once you, they started with me because I, 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 I started puberty a little late and I went with a younger woman. and That's when they started. And uh, they haven't stopped, you know. You know, uh, yeah, they can make stuff up out of different circumstances, like because I was, you know, studied Hinduism, went to India, you know, I had it, I, it, uh, I, they, they have a different form of hygiene, you know, using water instead of toilet paper, and I showed my son, and uh, I guess they were able to get to his mother and turn her head and make it look like, you know, you know, she didn't say anything at all, but, uh, I mean, but she questioned me with a three-party line, and, uh, I know, you know, and it's just, you know, it's pretty sick, you know, like, uh, they, that they, you know, but that's the FBI, you know, because then as soon as you understand false flag and things like that, and you express yourself, you know, on communicative lines, then you're part of the, pro- you know, that's, you know, you cross the line into uh, their business. They don't like people messing with their business, which yeah. is perception management. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember, Grieve, when you first started talking about this issue, like everybody thought you were really off the wall. And when I started listening to this, this these types of issues, um, you know, just just on the Internet, you know, just watching these things, and you just happen to come across one of these stories, and you think, Oh yeah, okay. This person's really out of the mind, sort of thing. But uh, when you start digging a little bit deeper into it, and you think about it, think about it. We're we're into common law, you know. Whether you you're into God um, or whatever, anything to do with with what is good, what is right. Um, 
there's another force out there that really doesn't want you to be that way, really doesn't like it. You know, there's a bad force out there, there's a good force out there. So we're we're into common law, you know, we may be into the Bible, we may be into just what's good or what's right sort of thing, but there's a bad force out there. And this bad force is very evil. And they'll take us down, and they'll try to take us down. So, you know, we need to be aware of some of the techniques that that are being used to take us down. Because if some of these things, like I, like I say, a, a lot of men and women uh, think that, that the story that you're telling is off the wall. And, you know, you, you're just out of your mind, man. But, you know, when you start researching it and studying it, just like common law, just like the Bible or whatever, you find out, hey, hey, these things are really happening. This is true. See, this is what we're supposed to be looking for is the truth. This is what the, these men and women on these calls are all about. And and I just want to, you know, just give my opinion basically on, uh, you know, what, I, what I've learned uh, about experiences like yours, that, yeah, this technology is so simple for them to fucking torture us, you know, and and do these things to us to, to take us down. They just can't come right out and stab us and kill us. So they've got all these other techniques that they can they can take us down with, and uh, they love doing it. They they love torturing. You know, it's, we're we're in such an evil system that uh, yeah, they just just enjoy doing it this way. You know, some people just live to to be evil. And it's sad, but uh, I I just want you to know, Grief, that I I do believe what you're going through, and uh, I I think we should be be aware of it because uh, it it can happen to any of us, and the technology definitely is out there. You know, I, I just wanted to you know, say that. That's all. Express my opinion that I. I yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's it's scary. It's scary, and and, and you know I I. I wish that there was something that, uh, you know, we could say or do, like, hey, here's how you can protect yourself. But how do you protect yourself against something that that is so evil? And we don't think that way. You know, that's not the way we are. But uh, I think all you can do is, is pray, my friend, you know, and because there are stronger powers than the evil that is here, so... That would be my with suggestion. a little bit of protect, with a little bit of metal or leather or something. You know? But I wouldn't depend on prayer with these guys. I mean, I lost all my love of God and belief in God, and any, I mean, I just became a just survivalist. You know, I, 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 you know, they destroyed my brain. You know, I mean, these people, you don't know how evil these people. I mean, I mean how. You know, they were, even in your health, you know, the certain franchise stores, I believe that they're in the courthouse. And I know they're in the, they're, they're in the prisons and, and, you know, they're not going to, you know, it's, it's more dangerous. You know, they can just set this stuff up in overnight, you know, it doesn't. Well, that's, that's, that's their mission, right? That's their mission. That's their goal. That's what they love to do, and that's their mission. So, they'll get in anywhere and everywhere that they can to 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 take to take take the good down. Let's put it that way. Well, take all complete. Um, yeah, they can deplete your mental capacity a lot, and and put themselves on the top of any hierarchy. It seems that way, or whatever. Just a simple job. 
I mean, in the orchards here, these people fight over a $5 an hour job and will kill each other, you know, in the orchards and, you know, like that. I mean, yeah, people get desperate. Or not $5 anymore, it's 750 I guess. Well, it, it, it may get to that point. It may get to that point to get a loaf of bread. There, there was a video on um, on the biblical law Skype room that I watched, and it blew me right away because um, it talked about. Uh, I'm not getting into religion, Mike, <laughs> but um, just as common law, and you know, as as we're we're all searching for the truth. Um, there, there was a video, and I, I I would like to watch it again. I and I can't remember who posted it, but. Um, it was on about Bible prophecies, and I, I know, okay, um, Drew, you, you don't believe in that sort of thing, but when, when you take a look around, um, you, you can see these things happening, you know, like um, with the, you were talking about people will fight over, you know, $5, or, you know, when they have these 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 days around here where they have all these Black Fridays and all that stuff, you know, where everybody gets sales, well, they'll almost beat each other up just to get a sale, you know, for five or ten dollars, sort of thing. Like it's, we're we're in a friggin' madhouse. You know, it's 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 getting crazy here, and we we just have to stay strong. You know, and and uh, she said, I don't know what to say. I wish. I'd. Yeah, I've heard that they use the cell towers to amp people up with uh, frequencies during right before those Fridays that they're. They, they might have some cell tower stuff going on in those locales where they stomp each other and stuff. Well, they they can do that. They can do that. Like if if they were monitoring our shows, you know, which I'm sure they probably know what we're do, we're doing. You know, they they're they're probably making some sort of plan to diminish us and Carl Lentz and you know oh, yeah. they it, just like they do Jesse Ventura and all these Freeman on the land and Sovereign Warriors and everything else. You know they're. They're, they're definitely going to want to try to figure out a way of taking us down. I remember watching a video where they put chips inside of a bowl, and they put chips inside of a cat, and they made this bowl wild, crazy, and they made this cat crazy. Oh, bowl, yeah, B-U-L-L, yeah. Yeah, yeah, an animal, a mammal. Yeah, but that was like in the 50s, I think. I don't know. <laughs> When it was, but we uh, they could use your own cell phone and do weird, you know, turn it on when, without you knowing it, and and you know maybe get into your brain or something to say stupid stuff. I don't know. Well, they're working on that, eh? Brain control, mind control, right? And they have been for how long? Yeah, back in the '70s. If you look at Barry Trower, he talks about it, where they were doing it in the '70s. He was a uh, Electronic special, you know, electronic warfare specialist from England, and yeah, they. I think the cell phone towers do work around that frequency of your, of your incoming ear, how your ears are, uh, you know, the ganglia or whatever connect to the bone, bone or something. But. Yeah. Well, sorry, Mike. We're we're kind of getting off topic here again. Mike's being very patient. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> I just I just had to jump in here because I've been listening to this kind of stuff and I, and it, you know it's it's kind of scary what's going on and and uh, you know there's some of these powers way beyond our control and we just kind of have to be aware. And I just wanted to to let you know that I 
sympathize with you, and um, I, I'm so sorry to hear that you don't believe in, in, in you know, a higher power sort of thing. But anyway, to each his own sort of thing. I'm not out to to, to pump anything to anybody, but I, I do understand. I do believe. Let's put it that way. I do believe what you're going through is true. I just want to let you know that. That's all. Okay. Anyway, Mike, sorry. That's all right. <laughs> and can, we we can get into some interesting conversations, and it might be off the wall a little bit, but um, it's all for the safety of each other, I guess. Anyway, I don't know if anybody else got anything else. In well, it's so cheap to set this stuff up. If if you can buy mass quantity microwave magnetrons from what heat your oven and string them up in an acoustic ceiling, it would seem like, you know, you could kill somebody for less than a bullet almost, you know, or, or severely harm them and yeah. do something to their brain. I wish they, you know, you could just order an alarm when you're in an electronic field so that, you know, you could get your camera out and uh, or find out who's in charge of that building and, uh, you know, go to their corporate headquarters, you know, they're legal, and and say, yeah, um, or, you know, cheaper ways to monitor, you know, what kind of frequency, you know, what the wavelength and the intensity, you know, you're at that, wherever that, uh, meter was on your body or whatever, and and uh, you know, and chart, you know, and get a fair compensation. But they don't, you know, they're gonna restrict the the better meters cost. You know, the ones that'll do three or four frequencies at once, they start around four hundred dollars. You know, two well, just a couple hundred, two three hundred. But the ones with the that Go, that have lights going through in, the intensity of at least two dangerous frequencies. Like they have to put you in an electronic field, and then they're going to put something, you know, either a microwave or a ELF inside that. So the first thing is to get the background meter to see if you, they put a field on you, you know, or somewhere. But with lasers, it's, you know, there's nothing you can do. It's too quick and stuff. Plasma guns or whatever, acoustic gun. It's just a bullet, and it leaves like a, a welt under the skin. It's quick. And Just reading the chat, Mike saying somebody calling with a question, any question. He's looking for some common law stuff. I don't know if he thinks we're off the wall or not, but <laughs> maybe maybe we're not all in trouble, Mike. Maybe we don't have any problems. Agree. You, you and I could sit and 
talk about this issue for a while because I, I could get into like Janine or not Janine, but Cheyenne and I get into you know with the smart meters and radiation. We could, we could get into a, a talk show just about the smart meters and the radiation and what they're doing to us. Yeah, because I've been in that crap too. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. So Mike, uh, yeah, sorry, my friend. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's better than, uh, I, don't know, I think there was maybe like 10, 15 minutes of conversation in the whole first hour. Yeah. Well, I guess, you know, you know, it doesn't matter what we, well, I, think, I guess it does. I know you like to keep it in the common law thing, you know, but when we get on to these little little issues too, you know, like the, this is a, a protection sort of thing. Like, you know, they're going to try and take us down one way or the other, you know, you just, you know, you just, you know, they are like they 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 put all these men and women in jail, you know, because they're they're trying to speak for the truth, like we are, and uh, yeah, they do try and take us down. So those those sometimes are good subjects to get onto. Okay, they're they're coming after me for this and they're coming after me for that or whatever. And this this poor man, you know, what they're, what they're do, doing to him, like it's I I believe these things are happening. You know, like, oh, it's awful. Off and what do you do? How, how do you fight these, these, this technology when you? Anyway. Yeah, it kind of makes me happy that there ain't nothing special about me because they're leaving me alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully they continue to, Mike. Same as with Carl too. You know, you always think if they're going to go after anybody, they're going to go after Carl eventually. He's just gonna get too too well known, and they're just gonna. Yeah, they probably listen to my talk shoes and say, "Wow, this guy's an idiot. Leave him alone." No, no, <laughs> no. You're a spunky little bugger. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it doesn't look like anybody's got any problems, like. I think we're all honky dory. <laughs> the world is perfect. <laughs> Can I throw in my two bits? It's Leo here. I have, I, have a question. Yeah. I have a question for Mike. Okay, go ahead. Oh, uh, hey, Mike. When when you talk when you're talking about law or Carl common law and. Let's say Carl says, you know, the the prosecutors and stuff. They don't know, they don't know exactly where you're coming from. Like they weren't trained in in this in let's say common law. But he he says that judges are like the judge knows exactly what you're doing. Is there like some sort of special training they go through, or how do judges know that? But the rest of the legal industry is, you know, kind of on a different page. Well, um, first of all, I think uh, I think lawyers that are really bad lawyers become judges, or lawyers that maybe know a little too much to be a lawyer, they will make judges. Um, but as far as I know, you have to be a lawyer first to become a judge. You don't just walk in off the street and become a judge. I could be wrong, but as far as I know, 
um, all judges were lawyers before they were judges. Um, so maybe maybe the lawyers that actually dig into the history and learn common law on their own, they're probably too dangerous to be mingling with other lawyers. So they give them a different position. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, maybe when you go to judge school, they they let you know what's going on. But um, if I'm uh, like if if I'm going to uh, I don't even want to call it law school, but if you're going to lawyer school, they don't want all the lawyers to know this. It's like uh, like if if they were to tell lawyers if you do your job correctly you could be sued in your private capacity. I don't think many people are going to want to be lawyers. Same thing with if they told cops, well, if you go out and arrest a man, the man can sue you for doing your job. I don't think a lot of cops would be, would be cops. Um, but I think, uh, I think lawyer or I think judges probably do a little bit of research on their own, read a little bit of, uh, John Locke, a little bit of Hobbes and, uh, I don't know, some of the older guys, uh, they actually know a little more of the history of law as opposed to just learning the legal process and procedure. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say for the most part, lawyers will talk to the client, ask a few questions here and there, and then uh, just give everything to a paralegal or their secretary, and the secretary does a lot of copy and pasting. I think uh, lawyers probably just have a few magical websites where they go on to and uh, they just copy and paste case law. Um, So I think it's more process and procedure, the legal process and procedure. I don't think they get really any law at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm guessing if, if you were a smarty pants lawyer in law school, they would probably tell you some kind of crap to make you think that common law doesn't exist anymore and common law is strictly like Supreme Court case law mm-hmm. and case precedent and all that. Um, I would say it's the same as us. We get fed a bunch of misdirection. We get, we get just brainwashed or doctor, indoctrinated. I think the same thing happens to lawyers. But um, see another another way I look at it too is if a cop were to pull me over and I said, well, I have a driver's license in my pocket, but it belongs to the state. I don't operate under any license. Um, I'm just a man going from point A to point B in my property. I think the cop would just be totally confused. Go back to his car, get on the radio, call dispatch and say, I have no clue what this guy's talking about. Mm-hmm. Hello? Mike just got uh, booted out the phone there. Oh, they zapped him. Oh, boy. 
He'll probably call back in. Uh, I think he hit his two-hour mark. He'll be back. Yeah, along those same lines, maybe you guys might have some ideas, but you never hear in the paper or on the news, like, oh, a judge got pulled over for speeding, you know. You you never hear that. Or lawyer got pulled over for speeding. And you think they're definitely pulling out some sort of, you know, when they get pulled over, giving the special wink to the cop. Yeah, I'm... I'm, I work down at the courthouse. You know me, whatever. You know this judge, whatever. Do you think that definitely happens? Well, the last time I was at a courthouse, um, the uh, <laughs> prosecutor had a stack of maybe 30 or 40 uh, rate, uh, photo um, photo uh, speeding tickets, and I was the only one in the, in the court, and... Uh, and uh, he asked the judge to sign to to uh, cancel all the photo uh, tickets. So the judge had to sign, and his excuse was these these were undercover cops and they were chasing murderers or something. He made a silly excuse. So I know, in first-hand knowledge, I've seen uh, them cancel photo radars by the stack, right? Mm-hmm. So they must do it. If it's in person, they must do it. They mustn't give it, and then... And if it's voter radar, they just cancel them later. I don't know if that's what you're asking. Yeah, I was just you know wondering what the secret word is when they, when a, a lawyer gets pulled over and a cop walks up, you know, because it's all pretty much the same society. Uh, so uh, my my uncle's a cop, actually up in Seattle, and he got pulled over, and he was he came over talking to his family, and he's like, yeah, I didn't, you know, I didn't badge the guy. He didn't show his badge to the other guy. He was kind of just uh, just looking at how that cop operated towards him. And uh, I don't know if he ever paid the ticket or just sent it in to someone or got dismissed or whatever. But, you know, it's definitely a, a in, enclosed society for sure. So just interesting to think about. Yeah, what I was uh, in the middle of saying before was... Um, so if I tell the cop, obviously it's not a good idea to try and put the cop through law school on the side of the road, but if I told him I was a man going from point A to point B, the license belonged to the state, I'm not operating under it, I'm not liable for it, blah, 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 I think the cop would go back to his car, get on the radio to dispatch, say, I don't know what this guy's talking about, but he's talking with confidence. Some of what he's saying is making sense, but I don't understand exactly what he's saying. He would probably then talk to a prosecuting attorney. Mm -hmm. Up here in Canada, they call it uh, a crown attorney. But he would probably talk to a crown attorney. And the crown attorney may or may not know that I know what I'm talking about. But even if the attorney did know that I knew what I was talking about, he would likely just tell the cop, ah, it's a bunch of gibberish, it's a bunch of sovereign citizen free man nonsense, cuff them. Mm-hmm. And so that cop or that lawyer knows that that cop could very well be sued. And I might know how to file a lawsuit, mm-hmm. but the attorney doesn't give a shit because he's not the one that's going to get sued the cop is so he's just throwing his cop buddy under the bus 
because mm-hmm. in their society, a cop ranks way lower than a than a lawyer. Mm-hmm. So if they don't care, they'll throw them under the bus in a, in a heartbeat. And so likewise, I would say the judge is sitting on the bench and the prosecutor is beneath him. So the judge has a duty and an obligation to protect his his fraternity brother, whatever you want to call it, his little club member. But when the kitchen gets a little too hot, I've heard of this several times, where the judge is protecting the prosecutor, protecting the prosecutor, protecting the prosecutor, and then all of a sudden the shit hits the fan. And the, and I've heard where the judge actually says, don't, or yeah, first, first the judge kept saying, you don't talk to the prosecutor, you talk to me. And he kept saying that over and over again. And then once the shit hit the fan, the judge was like, holy crap, I don't want to get sued for this. And then he says, oh, no, no, you don't talk to me. You talk to the prosecutor. <laughs> so he just kind of, he was protecting the prosecutor for so long. And then once the once the judge figured, yeah, this is going bad real quick, somebody's going to get sued over this. And then he just throws it all, all the liability on the prosecutor, hangs the prosecutor. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. There, there's a certain amount of honor between them, but they're just like politicians, just like everybody else. When when it gets too hot, they just dump the burning bag of shit on somebody else. Sure. Um, along back to back to uh, like uh, holding court on the side of the road, and whether or not it is that or not. But if you if you do get pulled over and you find a, a decent place to pull over off the road and let's say the officer walks up to your window and you you basically hand him a piece of paper or something that says, I I cannot understand you. I can't hear you. Can we do everything in writing? Make sure you're in a safe place though so we can't claim, you know, a dangerous area. What What do you think their move would be on that? You know, and get get him. I need every. I need this whole encounter to be in writing for your protection and mine, officer. You know, you have that in writing. And and what would they? What do you think they would do? Well, I was. Uh, I don't know where it went. I lost it. But one day I sat down and I. Uh, I started writing out a bunch. It was kind of mostly at that point. It was just point form notes, but. Um, I've actually, since then, I've seen people do it on YouTube, but the guy would have like a plastic bag with a card in it. And this card would have his little spiel on it. I I don't know, I guess if you were, uh, I guess it wouldn't even have to be a sovereign citizen or free man, but you could have a bunch of stuff like on the card where it says something like, um, like I'm, I'm not a legal person. I'm not operating under a license. I'm a man going from point A to point B in my property. Uh, the license belongs to the state. Blah blah blah. And that's actually that's actually an attorney. I think he's from Florida or uh, Texas, but I think it's Florida. I think his name might be Fine, Attorney Fine. And uh, no, no, no. Uh, that, he, who you're thinking of the the Fine guy? I think. I think who you're thinking of is a judge named Harry Fine who kept getting judges thrown out, uh, 
recuse, kept getting judges to recuse themselves? No, no, that's think, what you talk about, Attorney Richard Fine. No, oh, this yeah, guy yeah. is, I think his name is Fine as well. And uh, he's an attorney. And uh, what he does is he has a, a like a Ziploc bag uh, tied to a string and he hangs it out the window. And yeah. basically, he sa- you know, it's written there what, what the notice is. I, I believe he says he pleads the fifth and uh, he's going to have to decide just put the ticket in the bag. Uh, you well, can see I'm it on YouTube. What I'm trying to say is even before that, before saying I'm not a person, just conducting that interaction in writing versus uh, versus speaking. Well, so, I don't... If I was a cop, I wouldn't be putting up with that crap. I'm not going to stand on the side of the highway and risk getting hit by a car or whatever, freeze my ass off in the winter and sit here with a pad and paper and or a, a paper and pen and sit there and write little love letters back and forth all night. There's Even if I was the guy in the car that got pulled over, I'm not going to do that. Sit there and pass notes back and forth all day to the cop. The other thing is no, nobody's ever said to say you're not a person. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that. But if you, I, I don't think I would bother, but if you wanted to, you could even have your fee schedule and everything in there. But I think by far the best way to do it is the way Carl says, just, uh, when he says driver's license registration, just say is that an order. If he yeah. says yeah, give him give him the stuff, take your ticket, go home. Avoid getting tased, have your window smashed, drag to jail, whatever. Um, you always hear, you always hear about cases where people start shooting off their mouth on the side of the road, start telling the cop, oh, I, I don't have to obey those laws. I don't I don't obey the laws of the United States. I'm a man, blah, blah, blah. I have constitutional rights. You always hear those guys having their windows smashed and getting thrown to the ground and hear about, hear about them getting tased and all kinds of crap. Come I on, think, that never happens. I think it just makes a lot more sense to just Keep your mouth shut. Take the ticket. Because even in in the uh, even in the statutory or commercial world, everywhere on the planet, you have seventy two hours to back out of any contract. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what it is. If it's, uh, I think they might call that buyer's remorse or whatever. But if you enter into a contract. Like say say you go and you uh, you're having your midlife crisis and you buy some fancy sports car and you go home and your wife kicks your ass for it, then you get to go back to the guy as long as it's been within 72 hours. You don't even really need an excuse, but you can just go and say, yeah, I thought it was a good idea at the time. My wife flipped. Uh, if I don't get my money back, I'm not allowed in my own house. And they have to take the car back, give you your money back. But if you're a man and you realize that there's been a mistake and that the contract is actually going to cause you harm, then the whole three days thing is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. You can correct the mistake at any time. So it makes far more sense to me to just correct the mistake on paper properly. 
like if I get pulled over at five o'clock and I get my ticket and I'm on my way in 10 minutes, by the time I get home, I could sit down, I could write a letter real quick because it's only two or three sentences and drop it in the mail, bring it to the police station, hand it in. You could just get rid of it right away. Well, not really get rid of it, but you can put your letters in right away and just start correcting it all on paper. Mm-hmm. It just it just makes more sense. I don't I don't want to get in a big argument, make a a ten minute traffic stop, turn into like an hour and a half, and have six <laughs> cops and two supervisors, and have a bunch of big thugs with guns and their hand their hand on the gun, the other hand on the pepper spray. A couple of guys got their tasers ready, and that just doesn't sound like a very fun Saturday night for me. But, no, that, pretty quickly. Pretty quickly. Sorry, pretty quickly you can find out if the man is going to engage or not. Uh, if he's just, you know, as soon as you say anything, he's just aggressive, you're better off just asking, is that your wish, is that in order, and uh, hand over the, you know, have the license and registration in your hand, and uh, just make sure he's ordering you, and then hand it over. Uh, one thing that I use, and I told you guys this before, the last time I got stopped for speeding, I asked I asked the cop if uh, what evidence that he had that the what evidence do you have that I'm in commerce, and he asked me uh, three times, and I no he asked me two times and I repeated it, and uh, you know he went ahead and you know I, you know it was an order so I gave him my license the license registration, and then he came back with a ticket, but uh, I haven't done anything with that ticket and I haven't heard anything and it's been since November last year. Mm-hmm. So it may still come. It may still come, but that might have had some effect. Yeah, I wow. think if, just, I think if it were me, I would rather just, when he says uh, driver's license, registration, and ownership or whatever, I think I would just, uh, I would ask him, I, I think I'd be reaching for it right away. But as I'm reaching for it, I would ask him, is that an order? And if he says, no, it's not an order, then ask him, well, if it's not an order, uh, do you believe that I have to comply with a request? And if he says, yes, it is an order, as I'm handing it to him, I would probably say, well, just so you know, I'm a man. I'm not operating under any license. Here's the driver's license. I believe it's proper. The I believe it's property of the state. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, he's already been he's already been given verbal notice. And then he's probably going to give the ticket anyway, so that's fine. And then I'll just straighten it out on paper. Handle it later. Right. Yes. I just I just don't see any purpose in risking some kind of violence against me. I don't think I would waste my hour and a half, two hours, have every public servant in town standing around my car. I just, I, I think it's a terrible idea. I'd rather just play it safely. But once, once, once it escalates, uh, just try to get out of it as soon as you can by doing whatever you need to do to get out of it because they will never uh, step down. They'll never back off. 
Well, see, that's the difference between you and me. I have no interest in letting it escalate in the first place. Well, that's what I'm saying. But if if it ever, I mean, cops come to your car sometimes and they have an attitude right away. And yeah, others then, will engage. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't question anything. If the guy comes up and he looks like a prick, then he's got some kind of tone in his voice. I'm not going to make his day any worse. I'm not I'm definitely not going to make my day any worse. Yep. But if, if he comes, comes to the if he, yeah, if he comes up to the window and he's like, "Oh, good evening, sir. How are you doing today?" I'd be like, "Oh, no problem. How are you?" Or I'd be like, "I'm like, oh, I'm pretty good, man. How about you?" I'd call him a man just for fun. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, I'd be like, I'd be like, oh, "Well, well, it depends what he says next or whatever. He's probably gonna ask for the license and everything, or do you know why I pulled you over? Blah blah blah." But I I think I would be super polite and chipper and friendly, whatever, and I just let them know that I'm a man not operating under the license or whatever and see if it goes away. But the slightest hint of he doesn't want to hear my crap, I'm not going to give him any more crap. It's just not worth it. I got wife and kids at home or I got some, uh, I'm on my way to work or whatever the case may be. I'm not going to not going to ruin my day i'm not going to risk my health and safety just give him what he wants whatever he's just a trained dog he's there to fetch cars hand out tickets whatever i'm not gonna but he's got no no legal training let alone lawful training so what's the point like you may as well be arguing with a mailbox yeah i have a really good idea on the inside of your car, you know, on the inside of your door, you could hang like a little sandwich board with some little ropes or something. And when he comes up, you know, you roll your window down and you get his attitude. And then uh, he might start to ask for something and you flip over the little sandwich board. So now it's hanging on the outside of your car and it says order here. That might be kind of fun. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I think you're trying. I think you're looking for trouble. Hi guys. I just, yeah, just there's there's many I, a YouTube. I just that, don't want to get him going at all in the first place, not even the slightest little bit. I don't want him to have any reason to use his itchy trigger finger. I don't want his pepper spray out. I don't want none of it. There's many of YouTube's that is live and they're getting a they're in a uh, DUI checkpoint. And I don't recall what was on that paper, but they had one certain paper, and the cop read it, and this is all live, and the cop left the guy to go. And it was yeah, three different he, vehicles. That's 100% different. The uh, the border checks 100, 100, or 100 miles from the border and DUI stops and all that crap. It's completely different. Okay. I just wanted to throw that in. But see, like, you could, like, I don't recommend other people do it. But one day, I don't know, luckily I don't really have any encounters with police anymore. But one day I am going to pull the old, I don't answer questions until my attorney's present. And when he says, well, where's your attorney? I just, didn't I just tell you I don't answer questions until my attorney's present? Well, when can your attorney get here? Didn't I just tell you I don't answer questions until my attorney's present? And if he says anything else, just say, 
is it true that anything I say can and will be used against me in a court of law? And if he says yes, he'll say, well, didn't I tell you? I don't answer questions unless my attorney's present. And just see how that goes. But I don't recommend people do that because it's probably not going to be pretty. He's probably going to be a little bit pissed. And uh, you don't even have to say until my attorney is present because just say, I don't answer questions. Yeah, uh, I, I, you know. Yeah, but- but a lot then, of people have done that. Yeah, I think then you're, that's going to provoke a beating more than saying until my attorney's present. Because he knows that he can't order you to answer questions without a lawyer. But if you just say, I don't answer questions, you're just being an asshole and it, it's gonna, the mood's going to go sour real quick. <clears throat> Like I don't want to piss these guys off at all. Like, yeah, not, any, any anything you're better off getting a ticket than getting arrested. So, and I'm speaking for from personal experience. So just take the ticket, then it's it's much easier to deal with it than having to deal with uh, you know being arrested and bail and uh, all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, and don't get fancy. You know, it's it's very basic. Uh, yeah. You know. Don't need, uh, don't need. Sorry. Go ahead. Somebody yeah, else you, don't, say so. you don't need your car impounded. You don't need, like Vital said, to end up getting arrested, have to do bail. Once, see, that's another thing. Once you go to jail, you either have to sit in jail and rot until court, or you have to enter into a contract with them and bind yourself to rules. Now you've given your word, you'll be at court. If you don't go to court, you're in dishonor and all these other, it's a bunch of crap, bunch of conditions. You might get a curfew. You might get this, that, the other thing. There's just so much that can go wrong. You know, do it properly. Do, do everything, do everything that you can not to get arrested. Even, you know, even if you have to kiss their butt, whatever. Because, uh, you know, it's much easier to fight off a ticket than to fight off of this other, this other stuff. And then, and even one step further. How are you going to prepare your court documents when you're sitting in jail? You're lucky if you get a golf pencil and toilet paper. And you fill out a bunch of court papers. You take it to the guard and say, hey, I need this put in a court file. Yeah, 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 whatever. Tell it to your lawyer. And what are you going to do then? You can't even get documents filed now. You can't defend yourself from prison or from jail, whatever. It's so much easier to be on the outside when you got Skype and TalkShoe, you got Google, all kinds of stuff. When you're sitting in jail, it just makes things like a hundred times harder. Yeah, and, and the charges are bigger. It's bigger charges, and you know. So, uh, uh, you know, from my own experiences, I'm I'm telling you guys that, you know, if if anything, just give them whatever they want get the ticket and go in your way and then deal with it afterwards. Yep. So, there's no way there's no way you, you ever gonna talk yourself out of getting arrested. You'll probably talk yourself into getting arrested. And another thing too is if the cop's in a bad mood, I don't think I would ask him if that's an order. I think I would just keep my big trap shut and take the ticket. Well the thing with the order I would I would uh, use um uh, the way Carl says it, you know, is that a wish? Is that your wish or is that an order? 
that kind of diffuses it by saying, is there your wish? You know, if you, if you say, is that an order? It's kind of being a wise guy. But if you say, is that, is that a wish? Or is that an order? Uh, they will know that you know a little bit. Yeah. But if he, well, I don't know. Remember he's a cop. He's not trained properly, but yeah, but, um, but you're not, you're not, you're saying something different from what anybody else says. Yeah, but he doesn't know what wish means. He doesn't know the whole... He, I don't think it's going to make any difference, but what I mean is if the guy... Like, you never know. The guy might have not got... Maybe his wife didn't bang him the night before. Maybe he's on some kind of... Like, the roids kicked in. He's freaking out. Or maybe he's high on cocaine. Who knows? But if he ends up coming to the car with his hand on his gun and he's screaming at you, I'm not going to ask him if it's his wish or order. I'm going to keep my big gate shut, and I'm going to give him the license. I'm going to because really, the the main reason for asking him if it's an order is so you can flip a bill on him. And let's be honest, nobody ever collects on these bills, so it's not worth getting your face kicked in on the side of the road asking him if it's an order. If the guy's severely irate. I don't see the point in asking if it's an order. Because I agree. You can, always, you can always correct the mistake after anyways, whether it's an order or not. I, to be honest, I think if I ask, if I ask them if it's an order and then I flip a bill on them, if I don't know how to collect on that bill, it's just another idle threat. So the next guy that goes and puts a bill in there, it's going to get ignored too. Everybody's... Think of how many people send a bill, never get paid, and never follow through. They just they just piss their pants laughing. Oh, another bill. Yeah, yeah. If people aren't going to collect on the bill, I don't see the point in asking if it's an order. But also, while you're in jail, make sure you have power of attorney so someone can work on your behalf on the outside. Yeah. Well, let's, plan, let's plan on not being in jail. That's the first thing. But it, I... Uh, it is a very good point. I've mentioned that before, too. Uh, if you're the kind of guy that's planning on mixing it up, or if you think there's a chance you're going to go to jail for some reason, I would definitely make sure you have a power of attorney set up ahead of time. So if you go to yeah. jail, somebody's already got the paper ready to go. Yeah. And that's another idea, too, is if like if there if there's a certain situation that you think is going to lead to trouble and you you have some kind of forewarning that something may happen and you have an idea of what it might be you could also have all your documents written up and send them to somebody so they have copies of it and that way the worst thing that's going to happen is you'll have to make your collect phone call yeah on that document blah 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 change this word to this word and then ch and scratch this sentence out and then file it and that way that way whoever is acting as power of attorney or whatever they don't have to sit there and write out documents they don't have to ask you what you're talking about because they don't get it you know, there's no explanations nothing everything's all written up it might be a few small changes here and there it'll just make life so much easier if all your paperwork's written up ahead of time Preparing for battle, just in case.
I agree. I agree. I don't agree. <laughs> Good. Just to be different. There you go. <laughs> we need one, right? We need one. There's, there's one always one in every, there's <laughs> always one in every crowd. <laughs> No, the traffic thing, the tra- the driving thing is just so, like, I, we all know that the fines are so small anyway, like speeding, 50 bucks or whatever. They keep it at a perfect level so that it's not worth your time to fight it. Just get, it's easier just to get a license, take the ticket, they get money, everything's fine. You know, it, it depends on what actually you might be getting charged with if you did something. If if you didn't hurt or harm or injure anything, uh, but you, but they write you out like a $1,200 ticket, you know, then I think it's worth fighting. But these little speeding tickets or, you know, failure to stop. No. Stop sign, it's, it's, it's crap. Everything is, everything is usually worth fighting if you got the time and the ability. Even if it's a ten dollar ticket. True. Yeah, they make but they make I get what he's saying though, they they set it at a price where people will think it's just easier to pay it. People that don't know what they're doing, they're not gonna hire a lawyer to fight it. If they don't know how to fight it themselves, they're more likely just to pay it. Oh yeah, I I think here in Massachusetts the fines are, are cheaper now than they've ever been. And they came in with they came in with a twenty five dollar fee to fight a ticket, and a fifty dollar fee if you're gonna appeal. So so if you fight the ticket and you appeal, you're paying seventy five bucks anyway. Wow, that's interesting. And I fought I fought that I fought that twenty five dollar fee, and uh, I got the ticket, you know, thrown out, but. I I didn't get the twenty five dollar fee back, and that and uh, you know I should have gone on and kept fighting it, because that fee is uh, is um, you know you have a presumption of innocence, and if you have to pay for justice to prove that you're innocent, it's unconstitutional. Yeah, and it's uh, kind of. It's kind an idea. of what if on the math part here, if. Say you went and tied up the courtroom for three hours for a trial. Think of the money that cost them. Oh yeah, I but think that, everybody should point. take everything to, to some sort of trial. Oh yeah, but that's my point. The thing is, they have it rigged so that even if you go to trial, they're still collecting money. Mm-hmm. And yeah, those trials, traffic trials, traffic trials are very short. So yeah, you pay a hundred bucks. You pay a hundred bucks in the cost of court, what, a hundred grand? For tickets they didn't collect in those three hours? Nah, it doesn't cost them a hundred grand. That's crazy talk. You haven't watched the cattle go through that place? Yeah, and you think it's costing them a hundred grand? No, I think that's what they would collect in some places in three hours. Yeah, but they're collecting that anyway because there's another courtroom that's doing all that stuff. And you besides... Know, Okay, I just thought we could flood them, shut them down. And besides, they don't uh, they don't discharge them; they dismiss them, so they can still float their bonds in the background, anyways. 
Oh, yeah, and the, and the thing is, the the first session is collecting all those fines and tickets, and you know, then the trials are in, in a different uh, courtroom, and they have a judge ready for that, and the judges are getting paid. Everybody's getting paid anyway by the taxpayer, so you know they're collecting all this money. Who knows where it's going? In their pockets. Well, it doesn't go in their pockets, but it goes it goes somewhere that we don't know about. Goes to a Chris account. I thought they were getting paid by man, not a taxpayer. Uh, a man, a man is not a taxpayer. I know. <laughs> but if everybody went to court, their court date should be. It would take you ten years to get to court. They'd well, be so that's, booked up. That's, yeah, that's kind of the idea, but. But, you know, what we want to do is we want to start, re, uh, you know, reversing some of this stuff so that, uh, you know, enough of us have success. When somebody else that's learned what we learned goes in, they'll say, oh, one of those, okay, this mess, next. Yeah, I also, I also think it's kind of funny how they have it set up so easy where, and I, I don't know if it's the same everywhere, but if you don't, pay your ticket in 14 days, you're automatically guilty. Yeah. They just make it, they just make it so fast and easy. Yeah, some places they set up a, a automatic hearing for you. You know, if you don't pay by this date, then come to the hearing on this date. Uh, you don't even have to mail it back. But uh, uh, so back to that $25 fee, right? So in my investigation and, you know, fighting it and all that, I find out that, you know, the way they word it, they're so good, so tricky, man. It's crazy. Um, uh, you know, they say, if you want a hearing scheduled, uh, send $25 with your ticket, and we'll schedule you a hearing, right? <laughs> and everybody thinks that, you know, they're like the court is who's doing it or whatever. And it's not. It's some corporation that's setting up your appointment for you that you could set up yourself. You know, and and they do that to discourage people, you know, from paying the twenty five dollars instead of just pay the ticket. You know, you got to take a day off of work or whatever. But if you go directly to the court with a ticket and say, "I want a hearing on this," there is no fee. So it's a scheduling fee, and it's somebody else that's making the scheduling for you. And everybody thinks that it's going to, you know, to the court or whatever for them for you to get the hearing. Mm-hmm. You're paying to get, you know, you, you think, we think, you know, most people think that you're paying the court to, to schedule a hearing, to get a hearing. And what you're doing is, you know, the way they were, is very good. I made you're you an some offer. Other, uh, I made you an offer. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting stuff. So any good news? Anybody got good news? Anything exciting going on? Wow. I guess that's enough. Is Carl uh, Carl traveling? What's going on with him? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, There was... He put a message on YouTube that... uh, he was talking to Sonia, right? 
Sonia, is, she's on the call, right? Yep. Sonia, did you see that message on YouTube that Kyle sent you? I guess she went to sleep. So he, he tells her, uh, yeah, uh, I and, uh, 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 and Gaz will, will be doing a tour. We're going down to across through the south. Uh, so, you know, let us know, and we'll meet up with you. You're in New Mexico, right? And then I said, no, she's way up north of Toronto, north of Ontario. So I haven't been on YouTube. I haven't checked if he answered or not. Oh, boy. So I put a, a nice long message there about, you know, uh, the battle that I'm having with him. What was that about? The, those messages on there, he said, I will tell you everything, but you'll just steal it from me or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. The guy don't trust anybody, you know. That's, that's how he is. And, uh, you know, and he... You know, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to go too much into it. Yeah. Hey, hold on. I got a call. I'll be right back. He was just born Pennsylvania at the end of the week. I think he he ended up buying water tanks or something to that effect, and we end up missing him. Because he was so close to home. Hey, hey Mike, are, are you helping some people out and, and stuff in your in your daily life, like helping other people? Well, what do you mean? Like what during your during your week or something? Are you are you actively, uh, let's say, writing letters and helping people? Is that kind of like what what you do? Yeah, I haven't. Uh... I haven't been doing a whole lot of that lately, um, but yeah, there's uh, a few people I'm helping outside of Skype and talk to. Is there anything that you you're learning new? You know, like anything that you've come across that surprised you or changed your thinking, or anything new from you know from your side of actually being active? In um, I wouldn't say anything really new, but. Um, just little things that I already knew, uh, going through it and it kind of works out exactly how I expected it to sort of mm -hmm. reinforces and, uh, yeah, just sort of reinforces my, my belief that this is all absolutely correct. Um, like, uh, it was a while ago, but, uh, I talked about it a little bit, but, um, in the courthouse filing notices and just dealing with the clerk and uh, kind of just saying the right things and their reaction, it's kind of it's kind of exactly how I expected. For example, um, I bring bring my notices up to the counter and I tell her I uh, I was I, I didn't want to be all fancy and say oh I a man I require blah 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 I didn't want to be that guy. So I just uh, kind of casual walked up and said, 
Yeah, I just uh, got to put these in the case file. And then, mm. uh, and then, so she's like, "Oh well, um, these documents, they, uh, they, they're deficient or something like that." And I kind of played dumb. What do you mean? And then she's she goes on. I, I was polite and I didn't want to interrupt her. I let her finish, but exactly how I expected. She gave me the old, oh, they don't fit the rules of civil procedure and these documents have to be on uh, the proper forms and you have to have this, you have to have that and blah, blah, blah. So I just kind of let her go through her little spiel and then very politely and very casually, I just said, uh, thank you for your legal advice and your judicial determination. However, I just require these be filed in the case file immediately. And she pretty much shit her pants. And she's like, oh, oh that wasn't legal advice. <laughs> so just like, just seeing, just saying the proper thing at the proper time and her reaction, it's like, oh yeah, this is totally true as yeah. if I didn't know it already. Yeah. But just little things like that, it's, uh, I don't know, it, it strengthens my belief and builds the confidence. No, just going in there, getting the runaround, knowing how to handle it and pulling it off, it just it just strengthens the confidence, the belief, and it's, I don't know, it's, as stupid as it sounds, I consider that a mini win. Yeah, I, had a, I, had, I had an obstacle placed in front of me. I handled myself properly, and it all worked out. So I, I just, it just show, showing me again that it actually does work. Like mm-hmm. with my own eyes right in front of my face, it, it unfolded exactly how I expected it. Mm-hmm. But um, like they, they, like a champ, she was doing her job. I don't know if she, I, uh, actually the, the clerk lady, I know she had no clue about lawful and legal and man and legal person and all that crap. She had no clue. I could tell. So I ended up very politely saying, well, uh, can you get your supervisor up here and I can talk to her or him or her. And so I talked to the supervisor. No surprise. I wasn't really getting anywhere with her. I was being polite. She was being polite. She maintained her position. I held to my belief because they can't believe they can only maintain a position like a rock. You put a rock somewhere, it maintains its position. But um, wasn't really getting very far with her. She didn't really seem to know what was going on, what I was talking about. I honestly believe she didn't know. She was trained a certain way. Um, And then she was like, well... Uh, do you need to speak to a lawyer? And I said, oh, absolutely not. I I don't need a lawyer. And then, uh, so we just kind of went back and forth for a little while. It was all pleasant and polite. And then uh, a lawyer just happened to be walking by. So he came over and uh, same thing. He was saying, oh, well, uh, you have to follow the rules, blah, blah, blah. And I said, what rules is that? And he's like, oh, the uh, family law rules. And I said, well, who has to follow the family law rules? And he goes, well, everyone. And I go, what do you mean everyone? And he's like, well, anyone. And I go, anyone, that's vague. It's void. It doesn't mean anything. 
And he just kind of sat there and he looked at me and I could see the wheels turning, but he, he didn't say anything. And I'm like, well, who do those rules apply to? And he goes, well, they apply to, I'm like, they apply to judges, lawyers, clerks, bailiffs, that kind of thing. And he's like, well, they apply to everyone. And I'm like, no, we just went through this before. Everyone is, okay, put it this way. Do they apply to a man? And he would not answer. There was just, you could hear a pin drop. And the clerk was standing there. The supervisor was standing there. I, I don't know if the clerk caught on, but I'm pretty sure the supervisor caught on. This guy asked flat out, do those rules apply to a man? And that lawyer stood mute. So I think the supervisor got a slight education that day. Mm-hmm. But, but in the end, like a champ, she took my she took my documents, she file stamped them, she took copies, gave me copies. They did exactly what I expected them to do. But it took a little work. I, I maintained my calmness. I uh, said the proper things, and they did what they were supposed to do. Uh, had that lawyer not walked up, because that, that seemed like a great opportunity for you to yeah, expose your belief, express your belief. Had he not walked up and it was just you, V, supervisor behind the window, how would you maybe have handled that if she was still maintaining her rock position as, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, dude, you know? Well, as just before the lawyer walked up, I was already asking her who what who is the uh uh who is the up here they call them justice of the peace. So I said uh who is who is the chief justice? And I meant of that courthouse and she was trying to tell me the name of the chief justice of the province. And I and then as luck would have it I know who the chief justice of the province is. So I uh I said, is that the Chief Justice of, the, of Ontario? And she said, yeah. And, I, and then she goes, oh, you mean of this building? And I was like, yes. And she gave me the name of the Chief Justice, but the lawyer came up instead, and we kind of hammered things out right there. So. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the Chief Justice for you would be basically the highest level you could go to? The, high, the, the highest position in that courthouse. Okay. Is that so what Carlton talks about here? It's like the building manager or, or the the head judge or yeah. whatever he says? Yeah, the building manager is also known as the chief magistrate down there. Oh, wow. Okay. But, yeah, I, uh, that's, that's pretty much what I did the proper way. Talked to the clerk, didn't get anywhere. Talked to the supervisor, didn't get anywhere. My next question was, who's the building manager? How, what was her reaction to that a little bit? Did she be a little standoffish or just question you, like, where's this guy going? No, she uh, she didn't question me. She didn't really hesitate. I don't know if it was a trick or not, but she, instead of the, the building manager, because I, I just asked for the chief justice's name, and she told me the chief justice of the province instead of the chief justice of that building. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't know if I don't know if she did that on purpose or if she just wasn't sure who I was talking about. But mm-hmm. yeah, she didn't. None of them really seemed to be playing any games. They just didn't really know. 
they were being very polite and very helpful, but they were doing their job according to their training. Yeah. But I I was very polite and uh and I said I apologize. I'm honestly not trying to be a pain. I just have a certain belief. I have a very firm belief. And I just require these documents be placed into the court file. And so I, I was apologizing. I, I was saying, I understand that that's how you're trained. I understand that that's what they're telling you, but I'm not bound by those rules. I said, I'm a man. Uh, I, I don't follow the rules. I'm, I'm not bound by the rules of civil procedure. Mm-hmm. And, then, um, and then she said, well, anyone who wants to access the family court, and I said, hold on, ma'am. Um, I don't want to access the family court. There's already been a problem and I'm trying to fix it. So I was, I was saying like, I'm not coming to the court and, and asking the court for a benefit. The court has got a bit of a situation started and I'm trying to clear it up. Mm-hmm. But I was very polite. I'm like, I, I know you're trained a certain way. I, I understand you're doing a great job according to your training, but I'm not that legal person that you're talking about. And so was, she... Go ahead. I was just going to say everything was everything was polite and respectful and calm and everything is just they had their way of doing things. I had my way of doing things. And somehow we had to meet somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. The the chief justice had he let he or she had had the supervisor gone to get that that person and come down. If you if you're trying to plan things in your head, what would be the outcome of talking to the chief justice? And do you think if it if the chief justice would uh, let's say honor your belief, do you think he or she would do it in front of the supervisor, or would they like pull you into another room and well, we think what well, how it worked out is um, what they did. I guess I guess they couldn't say yes, I can do it my way, and they couldn't say no, I can't do it my way. <laughs> so what they did was they said, uh, "Okay, well, we'll take your documents, we'll file stamp them, and put them in the file, but." I just have to let you know that they're not proper documents and that they may just sit in the court file. And I said, oh, that's all I'm asking for. Absolutely. That's no problem at all. Uh, it's up. It, it, just as long as they're filed and in the case file, then the judge can make his decision on it then. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, the... I, I think the Chief Justice, I, I don't think there wouldn't, would have been much of a problem. And have it's, you, funny, it's funny, too, because I didn't notice, but the guy I was with, he said uh, somebody behind the glass, one of the other employees, um, he saw them go to the phone, and then a few minutes later, security came up, walked up behind me, and sort of just did a little bit of a circle and listened and mm-hmm. saw that the conversation was all calm and polite and respectful and they just walked away. Hmm. So, so things could have got a little hairy. If I was uh, not being polite, I think there definitely would have been problems. Yeah, I, at least, 
I'm pretty sure I would have been ejected from the building if if I wasn't if I wasn't cool and calm. Yeah, exactly. Um, have you real quick? Have you filed claims like on from from the very beginning? Wrote up a claim and filed it. I have not. No, I um. Most of what I do, pretty well, yeah. Most of what I do is letter writing in the private, trying to trying to resolve it before it gets to court. Um, it depends on who I'm helping. Like sometimes people have been to court five times already before they talk to me. But yes, yeah, maybe um, something already happening, right? Yeah. Um, but if I if I can't settle it with letters. Obviously, the next step is writing notices because you can't go to court unless you have notices filed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, myself, I have never, uh, I have never filed a claim or helped anyone like one on one get a claim filed. I um, I have written up a rough draft of a claim, and the claim is likely going to be filed eventually. But I haven't actually firsthand um, filed a claim yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Just wondering. It'd be kind of exciting, I guess, but it has to be right. So um, yeah, I don't just I mess don't around. Think, with. Yeah, if 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 you're looking at Carl's documents. And listening to Carl and Gus and I and a few other people who have filed claims, well, I'm not saying I have, but um, it's I don't I don't think it's really that hard to write up a claim. You could write one up pretty quick, do a little bit of fine tuning on it, get a few other people's opinion, um, make your touch ups here and there, whatever, and just keep working on it. I don't think actually writing up the claim will be that difficult. I think the hardest part would be um, making sure you have your rules of court, your summons, uh, um, dealing with it's almost a guarantee that the Bar Association is going to step in, convert it to a complaint, try and dismiss it, call some kind of motion, have a motion to dismiss, uh, maybe have the clerk send it back and say it's not proper. Uh, there, you're going to have some kind of interference, almost guaranteed. I mm-hmm. think that's going to be a problem for a lot. Well, that has been a problem for a lot of people. If you get all that sorted out, your next hurdle is going to be standing in court as a man without losing your jurisdiction. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think the writing the claim itself is the hard part. I think it's kind of the group of everything else that comes with the claim. I think it also depends to, um, I would say if you're suing the man who acts as a judge, I think you're going to definitely run into some interference. Um, if you're filing a claim just against another man, maybe he's a a welder, a forklift driver, a painter or something. I don't know if you have as much of a problem. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. I think it kind of depends on, on who your claim is against. Yeah. Like, if you're um, filing a claim against a prosecutor, you're probably going to have other bar members uh, helping that guy get rid of your claim one way or another. Yeah, for sure. And they'll, uh, if they, if, if you file a proper claim and they're pretty sure you know what you're doing, they're, they're not going to pull any punches. They're going to try every trick in the book and make sure that thing goes away. So you're going to have to be really, really on your toes. Yeah. And, uh, when you get something in the mail, you're going to have to act on it immediately. Well, something meaning, give it, do you have an example? Yeah, if you file a claim and then you get something in the mail saying that your your complaint has been uh-huh. dismissed, or you see that all of a sudden now you're not a prosecutor, you're a plaintiff, and you notice that the other side somehow isn't a wrongdoer anymore, now they're a defendant, mm-hmm. then you're going to have to deal with that immediately because they've put you in the statutory world and if you keep your mouth shut you've agreed to it Mm -hmm. so you're going to have to make sure you do something to uh throw them back in their little box um for maybe like going you'd have to go to the courthouse don't you think you wouldn't want to take care of that in a, a letter only no, I'd be taking care of it by letter or notice. Probably notice if if there's uh, if if somebody if somebody decides to interfere with my claim, I'm pretty sure it would be a notice and it would be like lightning. Uh, no, no, you'd have to no, you'd have to find out. Like, have a name, don't you think? Or would, what, what, how would you do that? Maybe there'd be a name on the letter they sent you. Actually, I guess. Yeah. If. Like if um if you get a if you get some kind of notice in the mail that Judge Bob Smith dismissed the the complaint, mm-hmm. I think I'd be writing a letter to to, to Bob, not mm-hmm. to not to Judge Bob Smith, but I'd be writing a letter to Bob. Um, but, if you get but the also letter, Mike, Mike also, yeah, you you do want to keep checking the courthouse. If yep. you can do that online, because a lot of times they won't mail mail the stuff to you, because they will they will put you back to their court. They will put it back to a complaint instead of a claim or common law. Yeah, it's surprising actually how many people never look at the case file, because. Mm-hmm. You might get one notice in the mail, you might get two, you might get none, but they could file 30 documents in the case file and not tell you, not send you anything. They're supposed to be sending everything to you, but it doesn't mean they will. Correct. And they and also... will always take you, they will always put you back into their statutory law. I ran through that. Yeah, it's almost guaranteed. All right, that's all I have to say. Uh, I've 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 heard Carl and actually many people talk about the the uh, the case file. If you get a copy of it, you want an uh, authentic, certified, complete copy. And yep. then I've 
then I've heard Carl talk about the word certified, meaning, meaning, you know, I could certify my nephew as, you know, the good boy of the day. It doesn't really mean anything. Well, it does to them because they can't verify anything. They can um, only certify. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's and the other, the, the other thing is when, it, when they certify that file, the copies that you get, if anything happens to the file, you know, they certified that, you know, there was a true accurate copy. Mm-hmm. That prevents them from messing with it, putting stuff into it or out of it or any of that stuff. But it's actually what the case file was at that time, a complete copy, certified. Yeah, sometimes um, it depends on how long the case has been going, how many documents have been filed. But an authenticated, certified, complete copy of the case file could run you some serious money. Mm -hmm. So... In a case like that, if it's a lot of money, you don't have a lot of money, at least go and look at the file and see what's in there. And you can get just copies of certain documents. Um, it depends on the situation, but if it's something serious, they might be playing games with the case file. Sometimes if it's just a small little issue, I don't think they're going to be tampering with the file. But um, Usually, usually it's around a dollar a page for photocopies. I don't know how much certified is. We all probably know. It's mm-hmm. probably another dollar each page. Uh, it's more or, than that. It's more than or that. In, uh, hold on. Or in uh, in um, in uh, Gus's case, um, they do just a certification like a paper. They don't certify every page. They just do. Uh, the front page, and they certify that this is a copy of the complete file or whatever, and they put in there each document that's in the file. Uh, I think it was like 25 bucks total for that, and it was like 16 pages. So uh, I have I have it on my notes, but I think it was a dollar a page plus like five bucks to certify it or something. Yeah, I um I was in the courthouse one day and uh I was uh I was asking to see a copy of the arrest warrant and a copy of the judge's order and the clerk actually confirmed that there was none in the file. And I and I, I, I said to her, I'm like, you have to be kidding me. And she's like, nope. And I go, I go, so just to be absolutely clear, what you're, what you're telling me is at this time, there is no signed order and there is no warrant for the arrest. And she said, that's correct. And I said, okay, can you put that in writing for me, please? And she would not do it. And she wouldn't let me. She wouldn't let me look at the file. I didn't push the issue, but yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting. Oh man! But she, it was kind of, it was, it was ridiculous. So she told me that it is, it is illegal 
to make a copy of the warrant. And she told me it's illegal to make a copy of the order, which is absolutely ridiculous because that's what they're supposed to do. The judge makes an order. They make copies. They send me a copy. They send the prosecutor a copy. They put a copy in the file. They got another file that's in the vault. They take a copy for that. Well, I guess the original would be the one going into the vault, but they make She's really that dumb, ignorant, or do you think she may have been playing with you? Like, it's hard to believe that she would actually admit that and then say stuff like that. I think what it was is I, I, I nailed her with the proper questions and I put her on the spot and she had to come up with something. I think that's the best thing she could come up with on the spot. Well, first, first of all, the warrant is probably never a pro- the right. the warrant is probably never a proper warrant. That's why they don't want you to see it. Uh, we just uh, I just went with a friend the other day on that. They had a warrant. We went there. I, uh, we looked through the file, and I said, "Where's the warrant?" I said, "Oh, uh, we don't put that in the file." I said, "Well, we require a copy of it." And she said, no, we, we don't give that up. I said, look, there was a warrant, and we require a copy of it. And then she went in the back and, and talked to somebody, and then a little while after she came forward and she said, well, normally we don't give this up, but, you know, I'll, I'll give it to you. And she ended up giving us a copy. And the thing is, the warrant had been satisfied already because he had been picked up somewhere else. And somehow they, the warrant in that court, he went to another court the day before, and the warrant in that court was lifted because he had gone to another court. That is like, you know, I I, I couldn't figure that out. Maybe they just filled the thing in over there just to just to give him a copy. Who knows? But uh, the other thing is uh, a lot of the paperwork they they do is you know. Uh, not really proper, so of course they don't want anybody to see it. Well, I think another thing, too, is um, they're not used to anybody questioning anything, so they just do shortcuts, they cut corners, they don't actually know sometimes the exact proper procedure. They just do things the way they do things, and nobody ever says anything. Yep. Um, in, In the case I was just talking about, the guy... The guy was sitting in jail, and he had a copy of the warrant of committal. And I wasn't too familiar with uh, warrants of committal, but this thing, it uh, it was actually the warrant of committal. Well, what do you mean by warrant of committal? When you when you get sent to jail? Yes. Yeah, when you're committed into the prison. Yeah, here I found the one in my in my. Uh, file. Somehow they put it in there, and uh, she didn't want to give me a copy, and I got a copy. And I think it's it's a funny word. It's it was like mitten 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 report or something, or mitten something, or something like that. I'll find it. I'll find it the next few days, and I'll let you know. I'll send you a copy. It's yeah. when they send you when they send you to jail and and instruct the judge on you know, how to handle you and all that and when to bring you back and all that other stuff. Well, this warrant of committal, it was 
it was a warrant of committal and it was an order from the judge to all police officers and blah, blah, blah. I can't remember exactly how it was worded to go and pick the guy up. Yeah. It was, I don't remember what it was, but there was three things all in one, the warrant of committal. I think the warrant for his arrest and the order for the police to go pick him up. I thought there was something weird about that, but Mo confirmed that that's usually how it is. So, but it was it was it was funny how it was worded, and it was, uh, and it wasn't even candy coated. It was flat out extortion. Yeah. Well, I guess not was it. Because you know they get away with it all the time, so they they don't have to be careful. Yeah, it was basically pay this amount in full or sit in jail and rot. So yeah, it was it was flat out distortion. It was or flat out extortion. It wasn't even like there was no pussy footing around, no beating around the bush. It was very plain and simple. Sorry, is. Very plain and simple. Oh, hey, Leo. Leo, are you still on the call? Hey, Mike. Um, you you have a lot of experience with family law, and on the, I don't know, I can't remember the last call. That guy that called in about his kid, and he, he said my kid is property, and and you came on and said the most important thing is. When when a husband or when a man and a woman are talking about a child, a kid, a their their baby, it's no longer property. Yeah, when, when see, are talking see, about. Yeah, if if I'm married, and I have kids, I can call my wife my property. Wife is a title, so I can I can claim my wife is my property, but I can't. I can't claim a woman is my property. That's slavery. You can't go around the street grabbing people and throwing them in your basement and putting them in a little cage and say, that's mine. You can't do that. But another point is... But well, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Mike. But I'm pretty sure uh, uh, Carl, when he talked about that, he said, hey, woman, are you my property? And the thing is, as long as the other the other uh, man or woman agrees that they're your property, nobody else has any business questioning. It's not slavery because you've agreed. Yeah, but but he for well, there's there's a few different things about that. For one, he wasn't in court. It wasn't a court document. It was just a couple no brain CPS ladies. So that's one thing. It is another huge thing that it, it was consent, um, because I believe slavery is when it's non-consensual, and the way it's worded is no slavery and no involuntary servitude. So voluntary servitude is just fine. If I want to be a slave of the bar association. I can do that. I'm consenting. It's it's not slavery at that point. It's voluntary servitude. If I don't agree with what they're doing, it's involuntary servitude. 
Would but, you say that well, servitude and slavery uh, mean the same thing, or that might be worth looking into? Um, I am very certain that they don't mean the same thing, but I don't really know the exact specific difference. But there wouldn't be two terms for the exact same thing. Yeah, exactly. No, no two things are the same. See the word same. Okay, okay, two things can't be the same. So if I have two pencils, they may look the same. They may be very similar, but they're not the same. Yeah. For something to be the same, hold on, hold on, don't stop me. If if I go and rob the bank, and then I go to the grocery store, I am the same man from the bank as the grocery store. There's not two of me that look the same. There's not my twin brother or anything like that. I am the actual guy that was at the bank, and I'm the actual guy that was at the grocery store, and I am the same guy, just one of us, just me. So two things cannot be exactly the same. Synonyms might be very, very, very close. And people might call them the same thing, but in actuality, they're not the same. Well, slavery is is uh, forced, and and the slave is owned. A slave is property. Invented servitude is when not like hold on, hold on. Yes, yes, I know. Invented uh, servitude is like when uh, your family committed you to go serve no, somebody isn't. else to pay a debt or no, something like isn't. that. No, it isn't. And, and involuntary <laughs> servitude is when somebody forces you to work and doesn't doesn't pay you. So what is, it, what is the big difference between slavery and involuntary servitude? The slave, the, the slave is actually owned. It's, it's property. The uh, involuntary servitude, they don't own you. You're not their property, but they could have you forced to be working. Okay, that makes sense. But indentured servitude, it's not your family sells you into slavery. Um, no, no, not, not sells you. It's, uh, it's got like if. Family. It's okay. got absolutely huh? nothing to do with your family. Well, if, sometimes, a lot of the times, it happens by family. Uh-oh. No, that's not indentured servitude. That's Isn't an indenture a contract? Maybe. Yes. Yes. If I, I believe somebody's making some noise. Mute out. Star six. If you're not talking. But I think this happened a lot with the Scottish way back in the day. Um, a lot of the Scots. They were sick of the English tyranny. The king was being a dick. He was overtaxing people. He was raping your wife. He was stealing your wagon and your horses. He was burning your village. And they had enough of it. But they had no way of getting to the Americas. So what some of them would do is they would go to the slave owner, the plantation owner, whatever, and they would say, I will work for you for seven years for free in return for my boat ride to the Americas. So if you get me from Scotland to America for free, 
I will work for you for free for seven years to pay off my boat ride. So they, they, they sold themselves into slavery. It was a choice. It had nothing to do with somebody else was giving or selling you away. It was you doing it to yourself for a reason. Yeah, that that happened, but but in other cultures, uh, it, it happens the way I was I was saying. Usually, it's family. The family owes another family something, and they send a child over, you know, to to work for them to pay off the debt. Um, so that is there, that is there such a term as involuntary slavery? No, not that I'm aware. Slave slavery is involuntary. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's uh it's redundant. Okay. Yeah, okay. maybe how about voluntary slavery? That's what I meant to say. No. Yeah, that happen that happens. No. Yeah. Slaves slaves are taken by force against their will, as far as I know. You can't volunteer to be taken against your will. There's uh uh well in uh in uh the Perverted sexual world, they they do have that. No, that's not that's not slavery. If anything, that's a misnomer. Well, it's mislabeled, but yes. So uh, what you were talking about, the Scottish, that still happens today with people that are coming over the border, and uh, they have to pay a certain amount to be to be brought over by the they call them the coyotes. And then afterwards, they have to work for a certain amount of time to to be able to pay them. And what they do is they hold all their documents and everything until they pay off that debt, and then they give it, you know, give them back the documents. So that's another way of. Uh... Go ahead. So, so going back to the owning the wife and everything. If I have a wife and kids, as long as she's on my team, I can say she is my wife, she is my property. Those are my kids, those are my property. And everything, everybody's cool with that, so it's okay. But if I say that woman is my property and she wants no part of me, she's not my property. And I can't just go grab her, drag her by the hair back to my cave that's slavery, that's kidnapping or abduction, whatever you want to call it. But you can't own somebody against their will. And so if me and my wife have been split up for 10 years and her neighbor's banging her, she's not exclusive to me only. Somebody else has a vested interest in her. So, In more ways than one. Yes. That's why I stress the in. <laughs> but but at that point, if if I'm I'm gonna say this incorrectly on purpose, but if I'm half owner and she's half owner and we're fighting over the property, at that point it's not property anymore. I yeah. have a vested interest, she has a vested interest, but neither one of us own them yet. Maybe I'll win in court and I will be the owner and she will have a vested interest. But if we're both fighting back and forth, it's actually not property. And one way one way that you can look at like a, a owner ownership of uh, uh, men and women is um, like modern sports. Uh, 
a lot of those uh, man or woman are somewhat owned by contract. I didn't quite follow all that. What did you say, Stuart? Just an example of how, uh, like, some people can be property, uh, like professional football, soccer players, whatever. They're owned by the team or by the nope. owner of the team. Nope, nope. The person is owned, not the man. Right. That's that's what I'm talking about. So, well, but said, they're, no, no, they're, Let's be clear. You said man. Um, the the man is not owned. The football player is owned. The title. Right, and the but the football player can do anything without having the man. And the other thing is that man, if if he abandons the person, he cannot go play for somebody else. Yeah, yeah, because he through through his legal person, through his title, through his office, he is. He's bound himself to a contract, and that's fully and that's fully consensual. So that's not slavery or anything like that. Well, sometimes it's not consensual, but the contract is there, and they entered into it, and then it gets into an argument, but they still stuck. It is fully consensual. He agreed to the contract, and he signed it. It's absolutely consensual. Maybe there's yes. a mistake. And he wants to go back and correct it, but it is consensual. Because nobody can hold a gun to your head and force you to join a football team. But what I'm saying is eventually when trouble happens, then uh, it can be, it, it you know, it's not consensual, but they can't go play anywhere else, and they don't play at that team either. Yeah. Well, it depends on the terms and conditions of the contract. Well, they can't force him to play. If he doesn't want to play, they can't really force him. But he can't go play anywhere else either. No, no, you, that's not correct. He follows the terms and conditions of the contract. The contract is the law between the parties. If you say, I'm going to play for three seasons and I can't play for anyone else, I do play for three seasons and I don't play for anybody else. That's the law. It's private law or whatever, but it's the law between the parties. There is a law, but at times there's uh, players that go, uh, they do holdouts and they go on strike and they refuse to play and it ends up being tied up in the contract. But there is, there has been times that players have, have refused to play. And yeah. they can't, you know, it goes to court and all that eventually they may there may be a ruling against them, and eventually they go through the motions of playing. But you know they're not. You know when your heart's not a, not in it, you don't do as well. So but they're not trading the guy or whatever. When you're making three hundred million dollars a year, you can bet your ass that that contract is very expressly written. Yeah. Everything is in that contract. They had a huge team of lawyers writing that thing up. It's been revised over the years. That thing is tight. And there's always dispute resolution clauses. There's, um, what do you call it? Uh, I, don't, I don't remember what I was even going to say now, but there's... there's arbitration. Of, yeah, arbitration. There's, uh, like, depending on the occupation, um, like police 
and uh, postal workers. They have the whole work to rule thing. I don't know if that's what they call it down there, but um, police, it's a very important job. If there's no cops on the street, there's going to be chaos. So they have a limited right to strike. They can't just flat out say, I'm not working until this contract dispute is settled. They have to have a skeleton crew on the street making sure that people aren't getting raped at the 7-Eleven. So, so whatever the terms and conditions of the contract are, that is the law. At McDonald's is okay, but not at 7-Eleven. Hmm. Well, anything goes um. <laughs> Back to that guy with the with his kid, and he said his property. So that that case that he was supposedly trying to uh, enter flip is actually a vested interest case. She's saying I have the highest vested interest due to this, 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 or that. Maybe his performance is terrible, whatever she was saying. It, but it was, it's most definitely not a property case at all. It's it's definitely not a property case, but she's not saying she has a vested. She's not. I think she's completely clueless. She doesn't know what a vested interest is. She doesn't know what property is. None of that. And obviously, that guy has no clue either. But there's all kinds of things. Um, she's not property. The kids are not property. There's a existing court order. The kids are a ward of the court. He's a ward of the court. She's a ward of the court. She has a lawyer. She's working with the CPS because she's scared if she doesn't play ball with them, they're going to take her kids. So it's a complete disaster. And this guy has no clue what he's doing. And he thinks he knows it all. And he, I hate to say it, but I think the guy's headed for jail. He's not listening to anybody else. He's got a firm belief in his mind. Nobody can tell him anything. He's absolutely right in his belief. He's going to go ahead and do what he's going to do, and it's going to blow up in his face. It's going to blow up in his wife's face. It's going to blow up in his kid's face, and he will not listen to reason. And even if he was, let's say, a protege of, of Carl, and he went in there and he did flip that the jurisdiction the best he could hope for would be to go back to a status quo right that existed before she brought some sort of complaint in or something like that well if he if he knew what he was doing if he knew what he was doing somebody's bored with this call if um if he knew what he was doing and he was in a court of record, he could probably slaughter her. But in a statutory court, it's kind of hard to say how it will turn out. Mm-hmm. In, a, in a statutory court, it's uh, as far as I know, everywhere on the planet, family court is a type of equity court. And it doesn't matter who says what, what evidence brought forth, what witnesses are there. The judge is going to do what they do. The judge, the, gonna, yeah. the judge is going to at least pretend 
to do what he thinks is fair, which could be completely unfair, but he has the liberty to do what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. But if we're okay with that for now, is Leo still on the call? Yeah. Yes, I am. Um, do you know anything about that Elvin Rose guy? Well, he's uh, he he joined me, or he requested friendship on Skype, and he is a bishop of the church, and he came on, and then I haven't. I'm just I'm just looking him up. Um. Because I guess he went to court three times, and then the last time he texted me was uh, July 27th. Do you know if anyone was helping him? He said in his text that a Christopher, and when I Google Christopher, it's the last name of a guy in England, and supposedly he's a Carl Lance guy. Because I don't know if any... I don't know who noticed it. I didn't find out until just, uh, I think, I I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before yesterday. It's kind of a blur to me. But um, somebody told me that Carl said, I wrote a, uh, what was his word? I wrote a crazy, violent. um, He didn't say you. He said Mike. What I was told was that Carl said that I wrote a cease and desist uh, letter for this guy and he got his door kicked in and tased. And then I went on Angela's chat grabber and I looked it up and what Carl typed was Mike had wrote a crazy violent cease and desist for an 80-year-old MMS man who got his door kicked in and tased. So I sent Carl a text message and I said on, I think it was August 15th on Angela's chat board, you wrote, and I quoted what he wrote and I wrote Mike who, and I never got a response back from him, but I kind of wonder where Carl's getting his information and why he's always saying shit about me without any firsthand knowledge or apparently without any evidence. But I don't know, he just said Mike, but it kind of leads people to believe it's me. I don't know how many Mike he calls Mike that are writing letters for people. But I never, I don't have any Elvin in my contact list. I don't recall helping any Elvin. I certainly don't recall writing any cease and desist and definitely not a crazy violent one. And I don't know anything about a an eighty year old man that got his door kicked in and tased. So I'm just trying to figure out who was helping him. See, I tried to help him, but I didn't write any letters. I just said like to join the Skype groups, and but he never. The first time he, uh, the first communication I had with him was on July 23rd, and the last communication I had with him was on July 27th. And basically, he said that Christopher was helping him. Christopher. Could it be, could it be Chris, Chris Bennett from Canada? 
No, he, you said his last name was Christopher, correct? Yeah, but he didn't... This Alvin just said Christopher, but he didn't tell me who it was. But when I Googled it, there is a Christopher in England with a last name Christopher that supposedly tries to do Carl Lentz stuff. Yeah, but it could be a first name. Who knows? See, he says here in one text, he says uh, the courts... Uh, was a video conference to the judge, and Christopher was on the screen with the judge. They would not permit common law to be used. Yeah, I'm just kind of wondering because if there's somebody in one of my Skype rooms that's getting people tased, I want to find out who it is. Exactly, yeah. Because in this July time period, I guess he had been to court three times. So the teasing or whatever happened before. Yeah, I have no idea who this guy is, but apparently he's from Newfoundland. Yeah, um, yeah. I, 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 I looked in my contact list. I didn't find him. And then I looked in the common law room, and he is in the common law room, but I have no idea who he is. But his profile says uh, he's from Newfoundland. Yeah. I know nothing about this guy, and I'm, I don't want to be absolute, but I'm about 99% certain that I had nothing to do with this guy. So I just, hopefully nobody's thinking that I'm writing violent cease and desist letters. That's not my style. But if he's in, if he's, if this Christopher guy's in any of my Skype rooms, I want to know who he is. Yeah, when I search for a word Christopher, I can't find anybody in any group that's named Christopher. And this Alvin, the last time I tried to, there was no no response. Like, I, I text him, and then he's never answered. Yeah, I said a Christopher, do you, said a Christopher, do you take this? What was that, Vitell? Uh, instead of Christopher, did you try just Chris? I'm gonna... Are you certain that it was, are you are you certain it was Chris and not Christopher? No, I'm I'm reading the uh the text here. It says and Christopher, like C H R I S T O P H E R was on the screen with, with the judge. So it's this Christopher that's helping him. Yeah, so that could be Christopher could be his first name or his last name, I guess. Yeah. Right, and and he could be in the chat in the Skype rooms as Chris. Chris another name. Yeah, I don't know. Anybody that's getting people uh tased needs to be stopped. So what do you mean by Christopher was on the screen with the judge? Probably video, video, uh, oh, whatever. Okay. The same thing that Mark Stevens guy does. Close circuit TV. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's closed circuit TV or satellite or I don't know what all that crap is. Isn't closed circuit like from one room in the building to another? Well, it's a, it's a private uh, communication, but 
for us who are using these days. Yeah, I guess, close, yeah, I guess closed be, circuit, it doesn't matter what the range is, it's just a private system, sort of, or a, right. a closed system. Private connection or something. Yeah. But yeah, if this guy's in any of my Skype rooms, I want to know who he is. Well, I'm going to Google him, and I'm going to try to find the guy that I thought he was referring to, but I can't confirm it. But I'll I'll uh, I'll tell you what the link is. And give me a few seconds. Yeah, if you find some kind of link, uh, send it to me in Skype if you can. I don't know if it needs to be on the chat board, but maybe send it to me on Skype. So when did you message Kyle yesterday? (laughs) We just wrote on the chat board, Carl Christopher Lentz. (laughs) Yeah. It's actually Rudolph, right? Carl Rudolph Lentz. There's an Adolf. Like Adolf hey, hey, Fritz, are you being serious this time? When I was at Carl Lentz's house, he spoke about no one. Oh, that's the first. Maybe because he knows you got a big mouth. Oh, I, I don't have a big mouth. Be town. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't think he'll get credit where credit is due. Yeah. <laughs> and oh. oh my God. Now I gotta walk away. Gosh darn it. Move. Who else you got? Video? Cheyenne? Pardon me? What are you no, listening I gotta, to a video? I gotta walk away from the computer. Are you, listening? Are you listening to Mike Stevens? <laughs> muted out. Oh, he didn't. Uh, Carl wasn't talking about anyone because he hadn't heard about Mikey uh, helping some guy get tasered. I think you found out after. Oh, if anybody wants my help to get taste, no problem. <laughs> Got to be consensual, though. <laughs> well, at least, at least contractually obligated. Yeah, if anybody actually wants to get taste, oh, yeah, I got a million ways to do that. <laughs> Like, just don't pull out the cigarette. <laughs> oh, the call might cut out at 108. No, about another hour, I think, left on the call. Another hour? Yeah. What time you start? 8 o'clock. Oh, yeah.
Yeah, I won't be here for the whole hour. I gotta go. My owner is telling me I gotta be quiet. <laughs> Wait, you don't got any earplugs for her? Uh, I need to put like a suck in her mouth, but. I put a link about the uh, the guy being tased, but it doesn't mention Mike. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't really scroll up much before and much after, so I don't know if there was any clarification on who this Mike was. But it's probably not even Mike. It's probably like somebody said, "Well, somebody was helping him write letters on Skype," and uh, you know. To jump to conclusions. Yeah, it might have been a presumption. The guy's from Canada. I'm from Canada. I write letters for people. He might have just jumped to conclusions. Maybe, yeah, like, maybe, maybe somebody said Chris, and he just thought, just forgot, and thought it was Mike. Who knows? Okay, I'm back. My call dropped. All I'm maybe. saying is is uh, Carl didn't mention anybody's name. Didn't I cut anyone down? He just did it without using names? I'm sorry, what? He did it without using names. Oh, gosh, I still can't hear you. He's just being a smart-ass anyway. Okay, (laughs) great. Nothing was mentioned about anyone, him or I, as far as anyone, uh, it was just basic, basically about common law. Oh, that's Because cool. I'm not into the fucking the drama. I'm not into it. Especially going over six hours one way. I'm not going to be talking about Vital, Mike, Mike, oh. Mark, whoever. But that would have been useful if she talked about me. Well, no. Sorry. And I only <laughs> got to talk to the guy on Sunday. I was stuck while in the doing, motel room. While you were doing laundry? What uh, no. I was not doing laundry. Actually, the only thing I had was the freaking TV. And I have not watched TV in years. I was going nuts, but it was funny. I was watching people with their family going in and out using the pool. Did I should have used like, it. Did he have Duck uh, Dynasty reruns? Did he have what? Duck Dynasty reruns. Oh, I have no clue what the hell I watched. It was just nonsense. It was enough to make you sick. Takes a lot to make me sick. Oh, watch TV will make you sick. (laughs) Was he he showing the human foot episode? Hey, whatever happened to that buddy there, Mike? Yeah, go back to your talk, guys, because I cannot hear you. Which buddy? Shannon, human foot in the barbecue. I'm... What? Shannon. You know what? Hold on. Hold on for one second. What is that sauce? Half a can of beer, 
Huh? Sour cream and mustard. And then add whatever what you, you want. About? What uh, are you talking uh, about? A, a sauce for V-Tile. Just, just tell me on Skype sometime. Oh, no, I just told you. I need then measurements. Then the need, vegetables. I need measurements. I need how to, you know, the process, how to do what goes in first and all that. Oh, I'm telling you, Vital, this is this sauce is so good. It's hey, a German this, recipe. This isn't a cooking show. Let's move on. Okay, <laughs> okay Mikey, love you. Speaking of she's uh, been, assist, uh, <laughs> she's she's been hitting the sauce. <laughs> Mike, can you or Vital, whoever, can you elaborate on the cease and desist? Uh, I've heard that you never want to use that term or that phrase well for what how do you for say one? how do you say desist without being taped? um for one as far as i know cease and desist is purely legalese and another thing is it sounds really mean and ugly um i would say more something along the lines of i require uh, I re uh, I require you to stop your trespass or something like that. But I don't know. I would find a really polite way of saying it. I would if um if I say you you cause me harm or your actions cause harm to I a man, that's pretty much enough warning for me. I don't have to say much more than that. I'm letting you know you're causing me harm. You have a duty and obligation to stop causing harm to your fellow man. If you don't stop, you're going to get what you get. I don't have to threaten you. I don't have to order you. If I'm going to sue you, I don't have to tell you I'm going to sue you. If you're that sick or that ignorant of the law, it's not my problem. So if I tell you 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 cause harm and you continue to cause harm, then I'm just going to sue you. You've had your warning. So I don't know why people feel the need to use cease and desist. I think a lot of people just think, oh, if I write cease and desist, it's going to scare the crap out of them. But it just sounds terrible. And I've, I've, um, I'm not going to mention any names, but uh, a guy was saying that he was, he was, I don't think he actually wrote the... I think he wrote the letter. I don't know if he was planning on sending it or not. But he's, he actually said, I order you to cease and desist. <laughs> so I don't know. It just, to me, it shows that the guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know what he's doing. Because mm-hmm. I would probably stop the trespass and flip a huge bill on you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you want me to stop and go away? I'll stop and go away. Watch how much it's going to cost you every day I stop and go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, I'm not going to charge $86,000 a day or something ridiculous, but... Yeah, that, uh, on I think your last show or one somebody's last show, uh, Akira, was commenting on the board about what was being talked about, and he was just summarizing... And he, he, you know, letter number one, letter number two, and 
it, he wasn't telling people exactly what to do, but he used that term cease and desist, probably just for convenience. You know, the meaning is stop what you're doing. So uh, yeah, I wanna... I, yeah. If people like some people will refer to it as a cease and desist letter, but you don't actually have to write cease and desist. And I certainly wouldn't write cease and desist notice on the top, but I don't even like referring to it as a cease and desist letter. I just don't see the point in even referring to it as that. I would just say, send them a letter saying that your actions cause harm to I am man. There's yeah. no, to me, there's no point in actually even using the word cease or desist. Yeah. And, um, and that might be a general guideline, first letter, second letter, third letter. But I certainly wouldn't use that as a template, and I wouldn't even use that as a guideline because every situation is different. If, if, somebody's, if somebody's trying to charge me an extra 50 bucks on my phone bill, I'm not going to say, okay, I'm going to send them one, two, three letters and bam, there's the claim. I'm going to, I'm going to write as many letters as it takes. I don't know. I don't know what the response or reaction I'm going to get from the first letter. So how can I predict how many letters I'm going to send? Like, what if I send a letter and I get no response? I send another one, I get no response. How am I going to, I don't know. If I send a first letter, and I get a res- an answer back, I'm going to write another letter. If I get another letter back, I'm going to write another letter. And I don't care if this goes on for the next 50 years. But if somebody steals my car and my kids are in the back, I'm not going to be writing three or four letters and then filing a claim. Yeah. I'm going to move like lightning. I don't yeah. have to give anybody any real warning. I'm just going to say, hey, bud, that's my car, that's my kids. Like, return them and effing now and if sure. i don't yeah yeah I, i'm gonna go i'm gonna fill out a police report i'm gonna file a claim i'm gonna have my claim in the next day i'm gonna be working on my exhibits whatever whatever but i'm not going to be pussyfooting around with this guy no, so, i think you should use i think you should use self-help yeah self-help whatever it takes but i'm not gonna i'm not going to be doing some administrative procedure off some some sovereign citizen website i'm not gonna i'm not gonna be writing grandma letters back and forth all week i'm 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 gonna move them pretty quick in that case about the example you gave about the phone bill you you noticed they they charge an extra 50 and you i assume you would pay the normal bill, like what you think is normal, and then write a letter saying, I think there's an extra charge on here or something, and then they they basically don't respond and they cut off your phone service. Where where would you draw the line and just be like, all right, these, these letters aren't going to do anything. Now I don't have phone service. I got to move forward. I would likely at that point go get another cell phone provider, and I would the I would stick them with the bill because due due to their actions or inactions it caused me a financial loss Mm -hmm. so I'm going to give them a bill for whatever money came out of my pocket as a result of what they did or didn't do 
Mm-hmm. I think if you dispute the charges or, you know, whatever, they can't shut you off if, if it's in dispute. They have to uh, verify them. Well, they can. I'm sure it's happened. They're probably not allowed to, but whether they do what they're supposed to do or not, it's a different story. Kind of like I, I can't rob a bank, but I can. I'm just not supposed to. Yeah. Here you go. Mike, I sent you some links on uh, Skype. Love this, Christopher. Cool, thanks. Yeah, do you, do you know his name? We don't even know if this is the guy for sure, right? Are we just guessing he's the guy? Well, I'm pretty sure it's this guy. His first name's Mark, and then it's Chris Sean Christopher. The three-name guy. Yeah, I don't know if we should be throwing his name around and associating him as the guy unless we actually know. Because he's, he's a reverend of the church also. Um, oh, there's some... Uh, so he's, he's part of the MMS church, the same as the bishop uh-huh. in Newfoundland. Uh, and I, and and but but he claims I guess um, Janine just said he does this. Uh, what does Janine call it? Oh, she she typed it in the thing there. She does the uh, what the hell? I'm just going up the hell. So there's some uh, pre-existing evidence. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if he's in any of my Skype rooms. I want to want to have a chat. Well, with him. I don't think I don't think Christopher is. Well, <laughs> I guess. Oh, it's just. It's a, have you ever heard of a Judge Wine Miller stuff? Judge oh, Wine Miller, or whatever. Yeah, Dave, David Wynn Miller. That guy's a bit of a kook. He okay, does. But I guess uh, he does uh, syntax grammar and everything. It sounds pretty complicated but it sounds very interesting but he goes on and on and on about all this ridiculous equity and maritime and admiralty and he goes into uh like he declares himself the postmaster general apparently he's the king of hawaii he got abducted by aliens he died for uh, weeks on end or something ridiculous like I think the guy's an absolute nut, but I, I I found his syntax grammar stuff pretty interesting, but I don't recommend anybody take anything he says seriously because you're going to end up hurting yourself if you try and follow him. Donaldson does syntax in quantum. What's that? Donaldson does syntax in quantum. No, not him. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I I didn't mind that guy the first one or two times I heard him, but I I kind of hope Angela muzzles him. I think she's beginning to do that. He's a little too pushy, and it's a lot of it has nothing with common law. Yeah, he goes on and on about. Sometimes he just gets into this weird philosophical like. Buddy, you're supposed to be thinking this stuff in your head. You're not supposed to be coming on the talk show and rambling about all this nonsense. 
I don't know. I should stop talking about people. It's not very polite, but I don't know. Well, I'm a detective tonight, and this Miller has the same last name as you, and I guess this Christopher was doing the Miller thing. I'm busted. It was me. Damn it. Well, yeah, but you're you're a different Miller. <laughs> you're not a I'm Judge Wine Miller. Win, but yeah. Or yeah, win. Yeah. yeah, I'm not that guy. It'd be cool to be the king of Hawaii, though. It'd be cool to be the postmaster general. Yeah, I can't remember what he... He goes on and on about all kinds of stuff. Like, he wrote, like, all the biggest contracts of the world and all this other stuff. He just goes on about all this ridiculous stuff. He he said he taught the Chinese the uh, secret to Western contracts, and so that's why they're not doing business with the West or something anymore. Yeah. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the U.S. tried to stiff China in the past or anything like that. It's all to do with David Wynn Miller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'd be cool to be abducted by aliens, I guess. Maybe we are. <laughs> Yeah, I can't remember. There was something else he said, too. Like, uh, I don't know, he's like 50 years old, but he looks like 25. I don't know. I can't remember what it is, but the guy apparently doesn't age or something like that. I don't know. He's got all kinds of crazy ideas. He's a reptilian. Maybe. But I guess if that's his belief, that's his belief. Yeah, I know. If, I guess if anyone's got a lot of time to kill, it might be worth it to watch his video and listen to the quantum syntax grammar stuff that he talked about. I think it's kind of cool, but I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't try any of this crazy stuff though. Like I think he's right into the gold fringe flags and the the red fox stamp in the corner of your documents and all that weird shit. All that stuff you get tased over. Speaking of uh, boxes, you know, let me look real quick. On on my one of my a traffic ticket I got. It's a very you know, there's tons of words on it and stuff, but every little section's in like a round box. Anyway, it says the the undersigned certifies and says that in the state of Washington and then my all my license information and then it says did operate the following vehicle and then it describes the vehicle. Did then and there commit each of the following offenses and the undersigned that's the only thing that the, there's two signatures down there. One is the officer. One is supposedly the defendant. And the officer is in a separate box. But the defendant is not. So I wonder if that's actually my confession, uh, confession there on the ticket. Well, I'm not 100% sure. Hopefully somebody else knows and can confirm it. But I think the reason for that is if they spell your name wrong, 
it doesn't matter it's in a box it's not part of the document so the rest of the document is okay uh, makes sense but um i don't know if uh workers comp uh workers comp files are the same down here as they are up here but i was looking through a file one day and every single document is all boxes like in theory or in reality if everything in a box is part of a separate document and it doesn't appear on the page there's like a, a four inch stack of papers that are all completely blank it's kind of ridiculous when you look at the file there's nothing in the file absolutely nothing it's all in boxes and if anybody the other thing, wants, sorry, uh, go ahead. The other thing is that uh, if it said the uh, way you sign, it said defendant. Did you just volunteer to be the defendant? In their point of yeah, their their eyes, of course. Yeah, I don't know if anybody's uh, brave or has extra time, but. There is something called an eight corner rule, and I think it might be a box within a box, but I'm not 100% sure. But I remember it was way before I heard of Carl. I didn't know anything about law or the legal system, really. I was just starting to look into stuff. And I remember looking up the eight corner rule, and in the article I was reading, it was it was really confusing. I didn't quite understand it. But there when, is an... When... Wouldn't the eight corner rule be look in the front of the paper and the back of the paper and the two four corners? I don't think so. I think it's a box within a box. I, I looked into that too, and I, I I was lost immediately. Like I had no idea what the article was talking about. Yeah, I don't know if you read the same thing as me, but I remember reading this thing, and I had no freaking clue what they were talking about. Yeah. But it has to be something, you know. It's not like I, I, I guess someone could have just made it up, but they they it seems like legal documents follow standards, procedures, and they seem to do that. So it can't just all be crap, you know. Well, I mean, the the eight corner rule. I'm guessing it has to be a a real. <laughs> Here comes an oxymoron. It has to be a real legal thing. <laughs> and if you think about it, lawyers talk in circles and it's all gibberish anyways. They use big fancy words and it's just a load of crap. So if there was something called an eight corner rule and it was so confusing you couldn't follow it, it's probably proper legal procedure. Well, here it says eight corners rule, law and legal definition. I mean, it's got a big, big article. Was the article written by a lawyer? Uh, I don't know, but it's from uslegal.com. <laughs> Sounds pretty legal to me. Yeah. It says, according to this rule, 
a liability insurer's duty to defend its insured is assessed by reviewing the claims asserted in the plaintiff's complaint without reference to matters outside the four corners of the complaint plus the four corners of the policy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Whatever that means. Yeah. Hello? Am I off? Like, can you guys hear me? Well, isn't that the eight? Isn't that the eight corners right there? The four corners plus the other four corners? Yeah, without without reference to the matters outside the four corners of the complaint plus the four corners of the policy for insurance law, eight-corner rule matters. When did that rule come into effect? I don't know. It still sounds like gibberish to me. I don't get it. Well, according to today, they could microprint something on a piece of paper and you wouldn't even know it's there. Correct. Maybe that's why that was created. Which is another good reason not to sign any of their crap because you don't know if they're playing some funny micro micro print games. I'm just saying all that on on uh, on um all the BK that you got to file and they have you as a debtor. Burger King? Bankruptcy. Ah. Oh, you're talking code. You lost me. Hey, Mike. Hey, what? Hey, this is Vern in Atlanta. Hey, it, hey. it kind of sounds... Hey, how's it going? It, I'm good. Kind of, How are you? Good, good. Thank you. It kind of sounds like... Um, are they... Are they kind of... Their hands... Have their hands behind their back like... They can't really make you be legalese, but they can't tell you that you can't use real law because you know it kind of it kind of seems like the four corner rule and the eight corner rule may be a statutory thing, but they they're gonna kind of sound foolish if they if they try to make you be legalese, but then they can't but then they tell you you can't use real law, real common law. Is that kind of how it works? I don't know. I uh, I'll be completely honest. I couldn't follow any of that. Like I I don't know. I'm <laughs> I'll admit it. I'm an idiot when when I'm trying to read a code. Like that's why code makes me puke because when I'm reading it and it there's a bunch of big stupid words. I don't know their definitions of the word, and I don't generally use big words to begin with. And then when they're saying stuff like, well, in this section, this means this, unless this applies, then this rule takes effect under subsection, blah, blah, blah of this act. And I I just don't have the time or patience. I don't have the focus. I just, I don't even bother trying to figure out their crap. Shouldn't we adapt? What's that? Shouldn't we adapt? Heck no. You want to be a lawyer? No, but I still like technology. What's technology got to do with it? Uh, If you're a man and you're using it, you still need to know what's going on. What, so I got to be a lawyer and read code to use my cell phone? No. Like, I I don't quite get what you mean by that. Has anyone ever had to explain why they've got something in for in uh, the four corners? 
like like say you, you do put something in four corners and you know in common law that it means that it's not in there, but it's in there so they can see it. Has anyone ever heard of them calling you on it and you really have to explain what that means? So it's null and void then. Well, uh, Vital's brother, I think it was. I could be wrong, but actually, I don't think it was. I don't remember who it was. Somebody, somebody had their notice, and they said that I think it was something like they just as an example, because I don't really remember the details. But let's say he put a notice of idiot, and it said uh, that I'm a man, I'm not not operating under any contract and then square brackets driver's license pro se or I'm, I'm not operating under any title and then it says in square brackets uh defendant pro se motor vehicle operator and then the judge said oh well you don't appear to be an idiot you know what uh uh um pro se means pro se is yes yeah yeah, so a judge, I don't remember who it was exactly, but a judge did read what was It was the, I. Who's that? It, it was I, LM. Oh, hey, what's up? How you doing, Mike? Hi, everybody. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Pretty good. Yeah, that happened in my, uh, in my notice, in my case. Yeah, and that, in, in a case like that, I might have said, I don't know what you're talking about. Are you reading a different document? Because it's not in there. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. What about, what, what about putting your signature, like if they give you a ticket? putting your signature in a four-corner bracket so it's not really on there that you signed it. Um, you could. Again, I don't recommend this, but I'm, I don't know, either brave or stupid, but that's I don't... Deceiving. That's deceiving because in a contract, uh, if you're trying to break the law before, even before you sign the contract, you're breaking the law in the first place. What do you mean breaking the law? Meaning a contract, no matter how you sign it, if it's forcing someone to do something that's contrary, it can't be vague. It's not. It's n it's null and void. It can't be yeah. vague. Every both people need to know the contract. Yeah, if it if um if somebody's threatening or coercing you into signing a, a contract, yeah, it's void. But they're going to, depending on the situation and who it is, I'm sure if it's uh, a cop, a lawyer, or a judge, they're going to be trying to say that it's good. But I think that's where we should focus on, more or less, is uh, all these contracts, you know, you consent. You should just say, like, listen, you deceived me into this contract. Well... See, that's what I was I was starting to say is um, I don't know if I'm brave or stupid, but if a cop tells me to sign a document or a judge or a prosecutor tells me to sign a document, if I don't want to sign it, I'm not signing it. I don't care. What are you going to do? Break my fingers? What are you going to 
how how are you going to force me to sign it in front of all these people? Yeah, in contempt. And, they, and they, another, could, they could do it. Well, I'd like to see them. But another thing is, as far as I'm concerned, I don't care if I put a dot or an X or an NA. If there's witnesses that I put my mark on a page, I signed it. So I don't want to put NA. I don't want to put, obviously, I don't want to put all rights reserved or without prejudice or any of that legal crap. But I don't know if it, I guess it depends on the document too and who's, who's trying to get me to sign it and what it's for. But if I don't want to sign a document, I'm not signing it. That's it. Like if obviously if I have a gun to my head and there's some irate cop screaming at me, yeah, maybe I'll sign it then. But if he's sitting there going, if you don't sign this, you're going to jail, whatever. But not many people are going to have the same attitude. And I don't recommend that, be, that attitude. That would be under the rest, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I totally would be. That's the only reason I, I try to say to the contrary. I, I want to find a different way to, you know, get things done. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Up here in Canada, the um, the cops don't make you sign the ticket. If you don't sign the ticket, they don't care, which just makes me laugh because uh, I didn't sign it. Like, what do you mean? I, I signed this contract except that I didn't sign it? What? Like, how are they going to arbitrarily force a one-sided contract on me? Now, get back to the, the, the technology thing I brought up, what if they film you? I, I know it's all bullshit. They're, they're trying to, you know, they're pulling you over or whatever, but they're still there, and they're filming you, and according to their, they run everything, so what do you do then? So what you're saying is they're filming me, so they're on their own film, threatening, coercing, and breaking the law? What is... Uh, they don't even know the law, though. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand what you keep saying about technology. I don't understand the connection you're making. Like, I don't know what the law they is. They use technology, technology every day to... Uh, prove that you're not doing what they want you to do. I don't care. It's unlawful for them to be doing what they're doing. If they have it on video, great. I'll just require them to supply me with a copy of the video. You guys just hung yourself. Great. You want some more technology? Here, have some microphones to wear on your uh, uniform. Go ahead. Right? The more technology they have, the better, unless they're flying around my neighborhood with drones. Even I then, I don't give a shit. What are they going to do? Watch me watch me whacking it? Or watch me take a pee? Or, what do I care if they're flying over my house looking? doesn't matter to me. Are they going to look over my shoulder <laughs> while I'm on Skype typing stuff? I don't care what they do. All the technology you want. Listen to my... Listen to my phone calls. Read my emails. Go ahead, boys. I don't give a shit. That just makes me laugh. Like when people, 
I guess I guess it's okay if you're new to this or whatever, but it kind of makes me laugh when people are scared to give their name on the air or they got to have all these code names and I just I don't care about any of that crap. I don't care if they're parked in an unmarked car in front of my house for three weeks straight. I'll leave my house and say, hey, good morning, boys. On my way for a coffee. You guys want anything? I don't give a shit. No, they know everything. They know everything. There's no way you're going to hide. They don't know everything. Once they got you in cuffs, they'll get They can if they want. Where do you get this ridiculous idea that they know everything? Like, do you really think it's that... A, it's a snark. It, I was, it was sarcasm. Oh. Well, there's there's but, no way that these local meathead cops are watching me in my bedroom. Unless they got binoculars or looking in my window from the neighbor's backyard, they don't know everything. Like, I'm I, sure... I'm sure that thesis and Department of Homeland Security and all of them, the FBI, I'm sure they don't give a flying fuck what I'm doing. I'm not some big international terrorist. I'm not any... They're not worried about me. Everybody's a terrorist nowadays. Yeah, sort of, I guess. I'm from a, I'm from a small town here in Texas, and at the... Uh, public meeting, the city meeting last week, um, two ladies walked in, and when it was time for the public to speak or whatever, they stood up in front of everyone, solicited our city council of five people and the mayor, a system called CopSync. I don't know if you guys have heard about it, but Mike was talking about microphones and cameras and technology on the police, and that's part of it. Uh, the better, the bigger part is on-scene ticket pay. You know, with handheld, you can you can swipe your credit card right there. The cop has it. It's it's court all in one with payment on scene, and that that's the revenue generating that they sold. That's the revenue generating part they sold to the city council. However, how in the hell can a private and it's a private corporation come in? solicit our, our city and our cops without asking the people, you know, I, it was just outrageous and not one person at the meeting, they were just sitting there like, whoa, what's going on, you know. I love that. I think it's beautiful. I hope they get it here. More convenience, better for me. If I want to pay my ticket right on the spot, I can whip my credit card out and be done with it. God bless them. Thank you, guys. That's true, actually. Yeah. Talk, talk about extortion. Not extortion. Hey, you. Hey, you want an easier way to pay? Yeah, sure. Thanks. <laughs> we'll give it to you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. What um, you have a credit card? What's that? What you have a credit card to pay? Actually, I don't have a credit card. I was just using that as an example. Well, they have have a- <laughs> when they pull you over and force you to use a credit card. Why are they gonna force me? To, where do you guys come up with this nonsense? It happens every fucking day. You're telling me a cop pulls his gun out and says, "Pull your credit card out of your wallet and pay now, the easy way." No, what, I mean it's not blatant. I mean sometimes it, it's all fear mongering nonsense. You gotta stop. It's all crap. Yeah, it's all crap till you feel it. 
Yeah, I don't know. To me, it's all conjecture and absolute bullshit. If if it hasn't happened, it hasn't. We're on the same page. I wouldn't be talking to you if I wasn't on the same page. Yeah, but then we're gonna get into then we're gonna get into FEMA camps and all this other crap. Oh no, they don't live near a railroad track. They're gonna throw you in cattle. You sound like the guys that are against conspiracy theorists. What's that? You sound like the guys that are against conspiracy theorists. Who talked about FEMA camps? I don't give a shit about conspiracy. I, you know what? I don't give a flying fuck about reptoids. I don't care about any of that. I don't care about the Lieber code. I don't care about fiat currency. I don't give a shit about any of it. Global warming, whatever. Oh, we were on the same page, now we're in a different book. We might not even be on the same shelf anymore. Well, I, I don't I don't believe all the nonsense I hear out there. I'm not part of the whole fear mongering thing. I'm not afraid We're not out there. We're talking right here. I don't know what you mean. We're not talking about reptoids and all this other shit. We're talking about what we use. Let's all get on the same page. Let's make things move along and let's figure things out and find other ways. You know. Was it it you that said that they're going to pull out their gun and force you to pay the convenient way with your credit card on the side of the road? No. Well, I don't know who was saying that, but I don't. I'm, I'm, it could happen. Yeah, well, aliens could come down and give me a free spaceship. Like, I've it, never seen an alien pull me over and force me to fucking sign shit and put me in a cage. I've never seen an alien before, but I have seen fucking humans with dressed in the same shit do the same. You've you've seen a cop force somebody to pull their credit card out of their wallet and pay for something on the spot. No, no credit cards. They don't even care at that point. They're man. According to you guys, you guys talk about man this, man that. They're individual men put in that position using the policies that they're forced to use because they want to make a paycheck for their families and we have to deal with them. I don't know if it's me, but you seem all over the place. I can't follow where you're going, where you're, I don't know what you mean. I hear you. Reptoids and all this stuff, I agree. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, don't, know. <laughs> I don't follow what you're saying. I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to go from one thought to the next to the next, but... I don't know. You seem to be jumping all over the place. Maybe that's why I'm here. Hey, Mike. When uh, let's say when when, co- when police are outfitted with mics and cameras and stuff and and uh, technology, I don't I don't really care either. It was just I was just talking about the point that a private company was soliciting tax dollars to pay for this service anyway. But what if that information, uh, the video or the audio, is like a one-sided case. You know what I mean? They'll only use what benefits them. How is that possible? Well, because they control it, right? You know, anything that might be detrimental to an officer's 
conduct could be deleted or, or what I mean. That's the only part that would I think would worry the public who's controlling the information. But I guess we'll find out. It's not a you know, not something we need to talk about. Well the the way I look at it is if they have cameras and they have microphones, they're gonna have to behave themselves because they're gonna get caught. They're gonna incriminate themselves on their own equipment. To me, that's a benefit to the people. It's keeping the cops in check. Like, what is what is the best way to keep cops in line if every man and woman whipped out their cell phone and filmed the police? Now they're filming themselves. Now they're recording themselves. God bless them. They're keeping themselves in check because the people are pissed at what they're doing. To me, it's a benefit to us, not a benefit to them. It's a detriment Technology to them. is definitely a benefit. So if a private company is using our tax dollars, not that I want to be labeled as a taxpayer, but if somebody's using my tax dollars to nail the police and keep them in check, God bless them. Like, I don't see why the technology would be a problem. Policies say something else. See, now you jump the policy. Where is that going now? That's what I mean. You keep jumping all over the place. I don't That's know what's what going they on. use against us. They're using technology or policy. I don't see the connection. Where oh. are you going? Both is not a connection. When 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 they do something wrong, they just shut the the film off and then turn it on. You know, they do that a lot. Well, I I agree with Mike a hundred percent. That it it's a benefit to to us to hopefully keep someone in check. But everything does start out as a benefit and then uh, has the ability to be abused. I guess is the right word. But we'll we'll find out in the future and hopefully it is a benefit. And, and I have keep no idea. I have no idea what the video was called, but I remember watching a video a while ago on YouTube where this cop gets in the car and he starts talking to his partner and he's completely incriminating himself. And then he goes, ah, fuck, fuck. I forgot to turn the camera (laughs) off. I fuck. Yeah, I've seen that. they They totally busted themselves because he forgot to turn it off. So to me, that's a benefit. That's good, yeah. But cops hate that. If I pull my cell phone out and start start videotaping them, they get real pissy real quick. Mm-hmm. Oh, put that thing away. Well, why would I put it away? Oh, you can't be doing that, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to arrest you. You're going to arrest me for filming in a public place. What's the law that says I can't film you in public? You're a public servant in the public. You're accountable. You're transparent. What law says that I can't film you right now? I'm investigating. You can't film my investigation. Yeah, but some of, some of them will shut right up and be sweet as pie, and some of them blow a gasket. Yeah. Either way, yeah. either way, that's a good outcome for me. Yeah. Like There's I don't. I just do not see how getting cops on video and audio could possibly be a bad thing. Nope. 
What about aliens on video? I don't know. If we can get some aliens on video, I think that'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> or by by alien, do you mean like Mexicans? Yeah. Well, those are illegal aliens. I want some legal aliens. Some intergalactic uh, space folk? Abduct me now. Abduct me now. <laughs> yeah, as long as they're not really doing those anal probes, I'm, I'd hang out with aliens for an afternoon. <laughs> Oh my god. Mike. Grebe. Grebe finally hung up. We we might have been way too boring for that guy. (laughs) Did we lose Mike? Yeah, on the board it shows he's uh, not on the call. Uh, Boring for who? Oh, Mike's back. Grebe, the guy that gets zapped by the... uh, uh, I, I, ironic protons or something. I agree. Did I get zapped by the uh, I, I, ironic protons or something? Idiotic protons. Why so quiet? Why not? Aliens. Aliens. Do you guys want to say hi to Meow, the other half of Aaron? Hi. Yep. Hi. Yeah, I heard you guys. Hello. Hi, how are you? Well, alien talking topic. I thought the reptoids invaded. You know, it's funny as I searched the four corner rule, and the first site that came up was the the David Icke site. Is it one of the reptoid guys? Four corner. By the way, I'm an alien. I'm not from America. (laughs) She is an alien. (laughs) 
Yeah, well, you're not an alien because you're from planet Earth. Uh-huh. No, in legalese, she's an alien. Yeah, well, oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I At didn't know that. She has an alien green card. <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I didn't know the legalese definition because I don't have a magic decoder ring. <laughs> you know, it's funny actually. Is uh, if no one else is talking, when when she was filling out her paperwork to to come here, they of course she has to fill out all the legalese crap and they ask you all these questions. And one of the you have to check like yes or no in all the boxes. Are you a drug dealer? No. Are you the child? Uh, smuggler, no. And one box has two or three sentences all connected, and it's like, are you a are you a terrorist or affiliated with any government group that might be considered terroristic for U.S. standards or something? And of course, the Chinese Communist Party is, I think, still considered terrorist in our definition. So she checked yes. So when she sent in her paperwork to the embassy, boom, immediate red flag. What the hell are you doing telling us you're a terrorist? And so we had to go down there and explain it all. But yeah, I don't know if you, I don't know if you, um, if you said that word for word exactly how they wrote it, but to me it sounds like they just called the American government terrorists. Are you part of a are you part of a government that is considered a terrorist organization? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they covered all the bases on that one. That one question. And, and tell me what terrorists would say they were a terrorist. Oh, exactly. Three <laughs> times. <laughs> No, it was messed up because it took an extra, according to people on the internet, they, they can get a visa in like six months, first to a year and six months. So just because of that, I presume it, it took an extra year because her file immediately got put into another file and <laughs> it went somewhere else and we had to deal with all that crap. At least you didn't have to go sit in Guantanamo Bay until they figured it out. Not yet, yeah, not yet. We, we she still got, uh, <laughs> she's still considered an alien here for another year and a half, where I'm sure they can pull some kind of charges on her. There you go, yeah. Oh, what she did have to do actually to satisfy the U.S. government is she had to actually, I'll, I'll say formally. F- formally quit the Chinese government party and imagine imagine the headache that was you know because that's a tight ship over there too the communist party and she had to formally get them to write and sign and acknowledge that she was no longer a member of the Chinese communist party and and everyone is and so it was a headache but she got it see I don't know if uh, especially if you're trying to get into the United States or into America, whichever, um, you could uh, you could question that too because now they're interfering with your religious or political beliefs. 
Yeah, exactly. I I think the best thing to do, or what they, they what they what the paperwork suggests is, or what people suggest is to click no on that, obviously. But when she sends in the paperwork and she goes to her face-to-face meeting with an embassy official, they'll have her sign an affidavit saying that she's not affiliated with any any error, you know, that 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 question thing. That's what people said on the internet. And so one way or another they're trying to cover their the their ass in case she is and comes here and does something terroristic, they can yank her out. You know, obviously. The a way around that too is just put no and if they end up catching you just say I didn't even understand what it meant I must have misunderstood my English isn't that good I uh, sorry mistake yeah exactly That's a good idea yeah. I never thought yeah, about now that. you tell us Mike good job oh, oh, oh I wasn't a terrorist then but I am now <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm just uh, if if she comes here and and does something terroristic like let's say joining a church isn't that you're considered a terrorist now so <laughs> she might have to use that line you know sometime I don't know veterans I I think farting in court is probably terrorism sure it's air pollution <laughs> yeah you get Al Gore after you for that. <laughs> Chemical warfare. Oh, it's getting late here, guys. I'm going to hang up. Thanks for the call, Mike, and uh, all your input, Vital, and everyone. So, uh, I'll uh, catch up with you guys later. Cool. Thanks for calling in. All right. You bet. Hey, Mike. uh, You think you got some time tomorrow to Skype with me? Yep. All right. Cool. Any idea what time, roughly? Uh, I don't know what time Sophie is. Uh, it doesn't really matter. Uh, if you tell me a time, I'll just make sure I'm around. Um, uh, noontime or something? Oh, sorry, what was that? About noontime? Yeah, yeah, that should be good. All right. Did, were you able to uh, read the orders that they uh, wrote up? Uh... Uh-oh, here's my memory problem again. Did you just send it to me on Skype? Uh, it, I think it's on my trafficking room. It's been a pleasure. Good night. Okay, have a good one. Thanks for coming on. Good night. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll go look and find it. Um, I don't know, a lot of the time... A lot of times I'm in the middle of something and I see a document get posted, I download it and go back to what I'm doing and I forget to go back and, and actually look at it. So 
Uh, and uh, and Skype's not working on my computer.